Aaron and I have taken this week off from recording, and so we wanted to bring to you our first ever throwback episode. This is one of our personal favorites. We had so much fun recording it, and when we meet our listeners, this is one that they always talk about how much they laughed at it and enjoyed it too. So for your first time ever, this is your second listen to episode number two, Jody Arias and the True Meaning of Coffee. So Erin, are you drinking anything tonight? I actually am. And I haven't been feeling well this week. You know that. So I've been like, I haven't been drinking because I've been taking NyQuil and I don't want to die. So <laughs> That sounds like college all over again. Right. So tonight is the first night that I'm drinking in a, like three or four days. And because I usually, last time I drank was Monday when The Bachelor was on. So. Because you have to. I, yeah. And I knew I was going to need a drink to get through this, but fair warning, I have not drank in a few days. I may be end up sauced on here. So. I cannot wait. <laughs> this bitch, you guys. <laughs> um, so good news is I kept my notes to six pages and one line. I'm so proud of you. It was really hard. All right. Are we ready? Yeah. Tell me about this thing. Oh, Jody Arias, you guys, I did extensive research because I was pretty sure that this had to have run on Cinemax or some other channel before it ran on Lifetime. And as far as I can tell, it did not. This was a Lifetime premiere. Okay, so Jody, Jody Arias. (laughs) I like Jody. It fits her more. Dirty Little Secret premiered on June 22nd, 2013. It starred uh, Tanya Raymond as Jodi Arias. She was in Lost. She played Alex Rousseau. I, never... she, I, I was not a Losty. Okay. So I, I I watched it the first season and then I literally got lost. So I couldn't watch it anymore. <laughs> I shook my head no at you. Like, this is not a podcast. Like, everyone could <laughs> see that I shook my head that I didn't know that person. <laughs> right. She's also in this new show called Goliath with, uh, oh... What's his name? He was married to Angelina Jolie. Uh, Billy Bob Thornton? Yeah, they they were creepy together. Yeah, Billy she, Bob Thornton. She wore his blood on his neck. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so and then uh, Travis Alexander is played by Jesse Lee Soffer. And the thing that I see him most in is he played Bobby Brady in all the Brady Bunch movies. Okay, I actually have seen those. <laughs> of course you have. Okay, and the third guy that I'm going to talk about, the actor, he doesn't come until the end, but he he gives us a moment of just pure gold and glory at the end of this movie. So he gets a he gets a shout out. His name is David Zayas, and he plays the police officer who investigates this crime. Okay. So he is in Blue Bloods, and he's I mean he's just your quintessential like TV cop. Gotcha. He's been in Bloodlines, The Blacklist, Shut Eye, Quantico, Chicago PD, Blue Bloods, like all that stuff. Gotcha. Um, okay. I guess we have to talk about this movie. Unfortunately. This bitch is trash. I hate her. Okay. <laughs> so every time that you can tell like when the commercial breaks were, because it pops up and it says, the following presentation contains graphic violence and adult sexual content. Viewer discretion is advised. No, no more sexy music. I can't. I'll try. Look, you can do the sexy music when she does the most awkward striptease of all time. 
<laughs> can't wait. <laughs> okay. So we cold open on um, brunette Jody, and they're, she and Travis are taking naked photos. She's posing all, I guess it's supposed to be seductive. She just looks dumb. Um, <laughs> Travis is like making this like muscle arms where he like points his thumbs down at his muscles, and I just can't. Um, so then he said, he like turns over and he's like, you know, that this camera has a video function, right? And she's like, you want to make a, you want to make a sex tape? And he's like, why don't we practice first? And then that's it. <laughs> so then we cut. I'm sorry. The script writers of Lifetime, man, they'll just hire anybody. They should hire us. Obviously. God. Okay, so we cut to an audio of a 911 operator, and there's a girl on the line, and she's, like, screaming about her friend being stabbed. She's like, there's blood everywhere. And we're walking through, like, Travis's house, and there is blood everywhere. Okay. Everywhere. Um, like, comical amounts at this point? I was trying to picture it. Or, like, realistic amounts. I guess realistic, you know, I, it reminds me of an old episode of Grey's Anatomy. like when there's a, there was a shooting in the hospital uh-huh. and the girl comes running into the chief's office. She's like, you know, they say, it's a saying, like you bleed like a stuck pig. She's like, but you don't think that people have that much blood in their body. Ah, okay. Yeah. So, I mean, I guess it's realistic, but it's just so much. It's everywhere. Um, Travis's body is in the shower and the 911 operator is like, oh, my God, get out of the house. <laughs> All right. So thank God it's flashback time. It's 2006. We're in Vegas. And I just have to say that Tanya Raymond, she nails this role as Jodi Arias. She does a really good job. That's unfortunate. And the- well, I mean, but she makes it believable. This is one of the better Lifetime movies that I've seen. So we're in Vegas. And the best thing that I like is that this girl that is playing Jodi Arias looks just as terrible as a blonde as Jodi Arias looked as a blonde. I thought she looked striking. People can't see your face, so they can't tell that you're not serious. I, that's, I'm, yes, I'm very serious. I thought she <laughs> was beautiful. Continue. I'm not going to interrupt. <laughs> <laughs> I can oh. tell you're a teacher because you do that thing where you put your finger over your mouth to keep yourself from talking. <laughs> put a bubble in your mouth. Oh, I remember that. Okay. So Jody is wearing a very inappropriate dress for a work function, even a work function in Vegas. It's like a body. Con- it's very tight. Uh, now, keep in mind, it's 2006 and everything sucked in 2006. True, but also Tanya, if you're listening to this, first of all, don't because. <laughs> no, but second of all, send me your workout reg- regimen because I can see your abs through that dress. Honestly, if I had abs like that, I would only wear skin tight clothes. Like, I let's be for real. <laughs> well, I have to at work, so. I would just quit my job. I would just be naked. <laughs> The true confessions of Aaron after dark. <laughs> Anyways, so I guess Travis is involved in some kind of pyramid scheme. I don't know. He's in some kind of multi-level marketing business. I I don't know. But he's obviously very successful because he's doing this 
motivational speech right now. He's on stage talking about how much he loves his life, surrounded by posters with steps about how to succeed. And he says, if you follow the steps, he can almost guarantee that you will reach your goals. That checks out. (laughs) He tells everyone to close their eyes and focus on what they want in their life and to never let anything stand in the way. Can you feel the foreshadowing? Yes. And also, when somebody tells me shit like that, I'm the guy who just laughs through the whole thing. And then I (laughs) lean over to my neighbor and I'm like, I'm... I'm picturing a bag of dicks. Like, <laughs> I can't be taken seriously at these functions. I don't think anyone should be taken seriously at these functions. You can't. Okay, so Jody has her eyes closed, but then she, like, um, she opens her eyes and she locks eyes with Travis, like, right after he's like, don't let anything stand in the way of what you want. And I guess that was it. That is real cinema magic. That's when she decided what she wanted. Um... After the event, Jody is like sitting with a group of people and Travis is talking to some other people and she's just like staring at him. It's very creepy. Um, he tells a group of people about how successful he is. He's talking about his roots and where he came from and how he's just conquered so much to be so freaking rich at the age of 26 or however old he is. So he excuses himself to go to the men's room and then Jody follows him in there. That's... Um... I, I'm i just waiting for a moment in my life where I'm so hot someone follows me into a bathroom. No. No. Don't you want that? Don't you want to be so hot you have a stalker? No, I'm a woman. I don't want a stalker ever. That's fair. That's fair. Because I'm just going to be worn in some of these skin suit and that's not okay. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> So, okay, she follows him in there, and he's like, hey, whoa, men's room. But she does not, whoa. She just, like, walks in there, and she's talking to him about how amazing he is while he, like, tries to pee, which is, it's just very strange. Um, he, <laughs> he watches his hands, thank God, and they shake hands. <laughs> yeah, I would have never caught that. It would not have even been, like, a thing on my radar to look for. Oh, no, the whole time I was like, please wash your hands. Please wash your hands. Please wash your hands. So, look, I don't want to victim blame. This movie does a lot of victim blaming. I'm going to try to rise above it. But also, this could have all ended right here because it could have been like, thank you, crazy lady who followed me into the bathroom. Have a good night. And they could have both gone on their separate ways. No, men can't do that. It's because he was thinking with Roscoe. <laughs> and not Roscoe the dog. Like, Roscoe woke up and he was like, Woo, who's that? <laughs> Hello, nurse. Hello, nurse. Man, I love that show. Me too. Okay. So instead of, you know, saying thanks, crazy lady, goodbye. They are walking around and they're looking at photos that she's taken because I guess she's like an amateur photographer, whatever. Um, Travis, like coyly, you know, that thing where, you know, your guys are hitting on a girl and they're like, so what does your boyfriend think of your photography habit? Bullshit. (laughs) Just come out and ask, gentlemen, just come out and ask, do you have a boyfriend? 
So she's like, oh, that was so subtle. And then she tells him that, that Travis is the only man in her life. <laughs> Didn't they just meet? Yeah. Oh. Look, she's taking this motivational speaking seminar very seriously. She's found what she wants. She's focused <laughs> on it. She's going to follow the steps. She's going to get it. It's going to be hers. I'm walking away from this fucking microphone. You can do the rest on your own. I can't handle this movie already. This movie is a masterpiece. It should have won an Emmy. That's all. Several Emmys. Oh, it just buckle up because we're about to get to the gross part. Ready? Yes. <laughs> Travis says it's late and he's like, I should go to sleep. And Jody's like, hey, let's go do something. Why don't we go up to your room and have coffee? And poor sweet little baby Travis says, I should tell you, I'm a Mormon. <laughs> he says Mormons aren't supposed to drink coffee. So Jody says there's clearly been a misunderstanding because what she meant by coffee was, and I'm going to quote this perfectly, and I'm going to take a big swig of wine before I do it. Because oh, no. I was just suggesting that we go up to your room tear off each other's clothes, oil each other down, and see how quickly we can turn your bed into splinters. You know, coffee. <laughs> Bitch, Mormons can't do that either. That's what I was thinking. <laughs> I was thinking he can't do coffee. I can dirty, dirty sex with you. <laughs> Girl. Coffee is the least of your concerns at this point. <laughs> but we will see that Travis uh, subscribes to certain parts of Mormonism and not so much to others. So, you know. I definitely have notes about which parts he subscribes to. Okay. But, you know, what? from what I know about the Mormon faith, turning a bed into splinters is not against the rules. It's totally fine. Um. Travis looks very much like no one's ever said something like that to him before. Because well, because no one ever has. Right. He politely declines by telling her that she is just so much more than a hot cup of coffee. Because I guess that's going to be our thing now. No, we cannot make coffee into a euphemism. They don't do it after this night, I don't think. Thank God. Um, she says, oh, that was the correct response. And they make plans to meet the next night. You passed the test. Once again, this could have all ended right here. <laughs> Travis, my dude. Dude, for real. <sighs> the next night they're on a date and they're talking about how far away they live from each other. Travis is like asking her to come visit him and she's talking about how far the drive is. Oh, sweet baby Travis. He was so clearly in over his head this whole time. He tells her that he has a great mix of gospel music that will just make the drive fly by. I am I am a Christian who goes to church every Sunday and leads choir and sings in the choir. And there is not a single playlist with only Jesus music on it that will make any trip fly. <laughs> not even to Walmart. <laughs> and it's walking distance from my house. Okay, so someone taps on Travis's shoulder, and it's Katie. And we'll soon learn that Katie is going to be Jody's number one enemy in this movie. 
everyone needs an arch nemesis. And so we'll go back to religion here for a minute. Cause I really would like to know, is there really like a Mormon ta- of like church where they just have huge fellowship weekends in Vegas? Um, no, but they're not there for the Mormon church. That's what she says. She says, I'm here for a fellowship weekend with the Mormon church. Oh, that is nothing that I learned about. I cannot discount it, but... I feel like the Mormons would be far, far away from Vegas. Yes. Also, I think that's a little bit editorializing because in the real story, they're only there for this conference for the company he works right. for. Right. Well, he runs into like all these people and they're like, yeah, we're on a church trip. And I'm like... <laughs> Maybe it's a mission trip. They're trying to convert the people. Maybe I should join the Mormon church if they're going to hang out in Vegas so much. Right? I'll be the worst Mormon. Don't listen to me. <laughs> uh, please don't come knock on my door. I just don't. Um, There's lots of coffee in your house. <laughs> There's both coffee and coffee in my house. <laughs> we do it all here. Um, 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 um. Travis introduces Jody to Katie and then Katie like pulls him away to say hi to their other Mormon friends who are just all in town for this big church trip, which is just baffling to me. Again, um, oh, he stays over there like a little bit too long and he touches Katie's arm like a little bit too much. So Jody like gets up and she leaves the restaurant. Hackles raised. Mm-hmm. So this could have all again ended right here. It was a bad date in Vegas. They never saw each other again. Right. When, when they eventually meet their spouses, they tell this story about their worst date ever. There's literally uh, a cliche: what happens in Vegas stays in Vegas on purpose. It's like what it's their tagline for their advertising campaign. <laughs> but no, Travis goes up to his room, and Jody's just standing out in the hallway. He apologizes for for leaving her, and she says it's okay by trying to fit her entire mouth inside his mouth. That's Mormon kissing. <laughs> <laughs> it's very aggressive. Okay, so here here we go. She turns on some music. I'll fly away, oh glory, I'll fly away. No, that is not the music she strips to. <laughs> stripping yet i thought it was the gospel playlist (laughs) (laughs) i missed my one opportunity to sing the sex music All flyaway is now sex music. <laughs> Everyone knows that. Someday you'll tell the story about the time you were excommunicated from your <laughs> So now whenever I say sexy music, you're only allowed to sing that song. I'd rather die. Um... She turns on the music and she does the most awkward striptease I've ever seen. I I can't respond. I'm still hung up on the music. <laughs> and she is wearing this like mint green bra and underwear that no girl. 
and this is here where I wonder if this really premiered on a different channel because there is like a blur box where her nipple should be. Oh wow! And yeah. you're getting the good end of this sto- of this podcast. I know, I know. <laughs> so Travis is very out of his depth, but he hooks up with her anyway. I really wonder if he if she took his virginity because he just looks very awkward. Okay, maybe it's just the actor. Bobby Brady. (laughs) I can't Um, confirm, but just what I do have leads me to believe that no. um, Okay. So they have sex and then Jody stays up and I thought first like, oh, this is so, so creepy. She stays up and she's watching him sleep. Like Edward Cullen and Bella. Yeah. I haven't seen that movie, but (laughs) sure. (laughs) Um, She stays up and watches him sleep. And I'm like, oh, wow, that's super creepy. But no, it gets worse because then she gets up and gets her camera and starts taking pictures of him while he sleeps. Because she's a photographer. No. (laughs) Nope. (laughs) I don't like that. Nope. (laughs) Like, okay. She does a bunch of creepy stuff in this movie and all, you know appropriately shudder every time now we're at jody's grandmother's house and she's telling her grandmother how amazing travis is and how he's religious and he's sweet and he's funny and he sings and he rescues puppies and he probably cured cancer he's just the best person in the whole world and um granny's like i don't know i don't want you to rush into things you know how you get hurt good granny and Jody assures Granny that she only gets hurt when guys cheat on her, and Travis would never do that. And I know for sure because we had coffee. Mm-hmm. Um, Granny says that nonetheless, he, she shouldn't start picking out china patterns straight away. Jody promptly ignores this advice because in the next scene, she's introducing herself as Travis's girlfriend and welcoming people to a party at his house telling them how amazing it's been to decorate his sweet pad. And I, I really miss the early 2000s comeback. It was before the housing bubble burst. Everything was good. Everybody was rich. It was great. So to set the scene, this is 2006, you said? Uh-huh. I was a senior in high school. Oh, my God. I was already out of college. I had the world at my feet. Gas was under $3.5 a gallon because it was right after that that it skyrocketed. Let me tell you a story. When I turned 16, gas was 99 cents a gallon. Bragger. No. It was the 90s. It was a good time. Sweet pad. Sweet pad. I mean, can't you just feel... I can just feel tears on the TV. Was she wearing butterfly clips when she said this? She was not, but I can feel Total Request Live, Carson Daly. I have all the vibes. Uh silver or electric blue eyeshadow that was the 80s that was also the early 2000s not in my house oh in texas in east texas it was i lived in west texas um jody is the hostess with the mostest at this party because when one of travis's hot pilates instructor friends gets a little too close to him she steals him away to give him a blowjob in the pool house what a party right lots to know and i get it was before the housing bubble burst i just said that but 
he's 26. What MLM is this? I need in because he's got a house with a pool house. I'll tell you all about it. I did research. Oh, how exciting. Okay. Is it still a thing? Yes, it's got a new name from when he was in it, but it's still a thing. Okay. Um, yeah, so she gives him a blowjob in the pool house. It's very risky. The door's open. Like, I'm all for adventurous stuff, but don't be dumb. Um, later, he's telling everyone goodbye and closing the front door. Jody comes out from, like, wherever she was, and she's like, I can't say goodbye to everybody. And this is the first time where Travis is, like, kind of a fuckboy. Okay. He's like, well, if you told everyone goodbye, everyone would know that you're still here. Fair. To know that you're here, that you're staying over. That's fair. Listen, secret blowjobs in the pool house, definitely cool. My friends knowing you're spending the night, not cool. Not okay. That's where I draw the fucking line. A very jagged line that he draws. Um, Jody gets pissed. And she's like, what? I'm just your dirty little secret. And I love when they put the movie title into the dialogue. It's Me too. I wait for it. Me too. <laughs> um, anyways, Travis is like, no, you're totally not just my dirty little secret. You're totally, you mean so much to me, babe. And she puts on her interrogator hat and she's like, please tell me more. <laughs> she asks, uh, if she if he knows her middle name and he's like oh uh philip like he's trying to be funny and she goes full hands on her hips she's like it's Anne, bitch yeah get it right poor sweet baby travis he's like well that's nice <laughs> not to be an asshole because he was a fuck boy i'm admitting that right now i admit it in my notes but you can't get pissed at somebody for not knowing your middle name if you didn't tell them well, he says that, and she's like, he's like, you never told me. And she says, well, you never asked, you know. But that should have told her exactly where the depth of the relationship was. Yes. Um, again, this could have all ended right here. There are several places that it should have or could have ended. I'm going to point out every single one. Perfect. Um, so they argue about how he never asks about her life. And he's like, oh, well, when we're alone, we just don't talk much. Um, so Travis is trying to end the argument and he's like, Hey, let's go skiing. So they do. They go skiing. That's like last week, whenever he was like, stop yelling at me. Let's go to Disney world. Yeah. I'm doing this whole like dating slash marriage thing completely wrong. I never take Sarah anywhere. We're too busy working and getting along with each other. (laughs) Y'all are the worst couple ever. <laughs> I know. Don't be like us, folks. So they go on their ski trip and, you know, Jody's like trying to, you know, ask him more questions about his life. And he's like, hey, we're in a hotel. Hotel beds aren't meant for sleeping, which I totally agree with. You go, Travis. I definitely have a completely different opinion. And when symphonies hire me to travel, my favorite thing is that I get a giant ass comfy bed to myself. And Sarah's not invited. <laughs> You're using hotels wrong. Anyways, they go on their ski trip. Um, and oh, so they're talking about Mormonism and Travis is telling her about um, coffee's addicted. So he, 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 even if he got addicted to like nut or butters, he would have to give those up too. Jody asks if he's addicted to her and he's like, I can quit you anytime I want, which I'm pretty sure is exactly what the addicts on intervention say. There's also not a good answer to that fucking question. 
So Jody Lee is leave, we're, we cut to later and Jody's leaving Travis's house and he runs it. She runs into one of his friends who I think is called Nick. I wrote it down later. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm a little confused here because the Chiron on the bottom of the screen says one month later. But Jody in her conversation is talking about it was a long trip and she's getting a late start. Did they go on a ski trip for a month? Maybe they didn't leave that day. Maybe the trip was like they had two weeks to plan it or something. I mean, if they want to look, if they went on a ski trip for a month, I want to join this multi-level marketing thing. Oh, right. Or the Church of Mormon, whichever one it is. I don't want to join that. Just the MLM. <laughs> <laughs> so Jody tells Nick that Travis is sleeping and they have a little like who knows Travis better when they're having it. They're like standing off about uh, arguing about his sleeping habits and both of them need a hobby. Why is it Jody? threatened by nick and not whatever girl you mentioned earlier he's the one she needs to look out for for real so jody's like oh travis prefers that people call before they come over and nick's like well i'm not people bitch (laughs) he really said i'm not people jody but i'm just imagining that he's he really said bitch i'm down anyways nick goes inside anyways they are he and travis argue about jody um, it comes up here that he, that Travis refers to Jody to his friends as the three-hold wonder. What? And I, <laughs> I've never been more disgusted in my life. That's so gross, right? <laughs> I say it again. Um, he calls her the three-hold wonder. No, he doesn't. That's not a thing. You made that up. I did not. (laughs) Um, Oh, my God. Nick wants to know what Travis... Okay, Nick ultimately redeems himself by telling this next joke, and it's so funny. Okay, I can't wait. (laughs) He says... He wants to know what what Travis is doing with Jody because it looks like Martha Stewart jumped on a grenade in here. That was really fucking funny. <laughs> Whoever wrote that that line gets erased. That, that person funny. no longer works for a lifetime. They're somewhere good. Right. They're probably writing for like this is us now. <laughs> <laughs> um so Nick then like takes a big thing of condoms off the counter and he's like, mm, are you gonna bring these to Bible study? <laughs> I like Nick. Yeah, I do too. He's actually kind of hot, too, and the guy who plays Travis is not, so I'm into it. Um, Cut to Bible study. They're all reading from the Book of Mormon. They're talking about sin, which is pretty funny, like sins of the flesh. Yes. Very appropriate. Um, Jody calls Travis because she's bored. She's like, keep me company. Um, She overs here laughing. Like, specifically girls laughing, and she loses her fucking mind. How dare you read the Bible with women? Right. So Travis is like, hey, girls are allowed at Bible study. We we started allowing them in the 80s. They can do anything a man can do. Right. And then she's like, don't even start with me, Travis. <laughs> God, I love, I love this movie so much, and I'm not even kidding. Um... 
Well, I'm glad one of us had fun because she's garbage. Oh, she's trash, but it's entertaining. At least this movie is at least not her bathroom. Yeah. Anyways, um, she wants to know what the hell is so funny at Bible study because shouldn't they be like being serious? You can't laugh with Jesus in the room. He doesn't appreciate it. Um, and so she accuses him of having some kind of like Bible study orgy. She's like, I'll let you go so you can fuck all those girls. And he's like, oh, it'll be a minute. I gotta get him drunk first. And I'm like, oh, don't do that. Don't poke the bear. So another movie full of 16 year olds. Yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. Only this time they're religious. <laughs> religious 16 year olds. That's the worst kind. Look, I have a. One of my very close friends and I have decided that if, that I'm going to write someday a TV show about the church youth group that I grew up in, and it's going to be like Gossip Girl, but at church, and it's going to be fucking amazing. You've told me. Yeah. We've had was... some crazy shit go down in our youth group, and I'm not even kidding. That's what you've told me, but um, you'll maybe you can just tell us one story at a time at the end of each podcast. <laughs> <laughs> um. Travis then hangs up on her, and so she naturally just smashes her phone into the dashboard. Um, so she just smashes her phone on the dashboard and starts screaming, like, just top of her lungs, like, screaming. She pulls a U-turn in the middle of the highway and drives back to Travis's house. <laughs> when she gets there, she he's asleep in his bed. And I don't know how she got in, but they don't ever bring it up, which is weird. But whatever. Um, she walks in, she turns on all the lights, she's going into like all the rooms and she's like, where is she? Where is she? And tra- poor Travis like gets up and he's like, huh? <laughs> he like gets out of a dead sleep. He's like, what's happening? <laughs> Finally, she goes back into the bedroom and she pulls a scrunchie, another fucking scrunchie. I can't. Um, <laughs> off the night nightstand. And she's like, whose scrunchie is this? And Travis is like, uh... It's yours, babe. (laughs) And so she just immediately, her demeanor changes like this. Boom. She's back to like sweet, sexy, innocent Jody. And she's like crawling across the bed. She's like, it's not my fault that you make me so crazy. And so they have. That's probably the most honest thing she has said so far. What? I said that's probably the truest thing she has said so far. It's, it's not, not his fault that she's crazy. No, she says it's not my fault oh, that I thought, you make me so crazy. Oh, I thought you said it's no. not your fault that I'm so crazy. And I'm like, no, 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 that's true. No, it's not my fault. No, then that's just as stupid as everything else. No, they have sex again. I'm like, again, this could have ended right here. Oh, you could have been, like, away. <laughs> he could have been like, get out of my house. How did you get in here? Please leave. But no. So the next morning, he's getting ready for church while she's in bed. And she wants him to blow off church. And he says no. He points out that it's not just church to him. Um, Someday he'll marry a Mormon. Uh Uh-oh. And Jody's eyes go black. And again, this could have ended right here. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Travis's phone goes off and of course like Jody looks at his phone like she's going through his phone and we've had this discussion like in the group I'm not on board with the going through the phone thing I know other people have different feelings about it 
it's a big deal breaker for me. So this really pisses me off. Me too. Um, I just, if you trust somebody, there's no reason to do it. Sorry. And if you think you need to go through their phone, then you don't trust them. You need to get the hell out. Like ding, ding. That's it. That's it. It's either. Yeah. There's just, there's no gray area to me there. There's no reason to go through somebody else's phone ever. Right. Even if I go through my kid's phone, I don't do it behind his back. Right. Exactly. I was about to say it's different with kids, but exactly. I would never do it behind a kid's back. I don't do it behind his back. If I need to look at something on his phone, he ha- he sits there with me. So there's it, it's just, there's no gray area there for me. I'm sorry. It just really bugs me. Um, So this text is from Laura and she answers the text for me, which is for him, which is even worse. This is such a beautiful story. Right? Can you imagine the wedding video? <laughs> but what she says is, she says, I can't talk right now. I'm cuddling with Jody. Why would... No man has ever texted that to another human. Ever. Ever. <laughs> Never. 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 Can't talk right now. I'm cuddling with Jody. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So we head back to Jody's hometown and she's like doing yoga with her friend. She's doing normal things. Um, her friend is like, hey, he should be all over you. He he should be chasing you. Boys would be beating down your door if you would just look around. There's plenty of good guys out there. Jody's friend is like the actual sane person in this movie. I'm glad there's one of them. And but Nick. Jo- Jody has the one track mind. She's all about Travis. She's like, he loves, he loves me. So Justin, she gets a text and it's from Travis. And he says, you texted my friend, Laura, not cool. Yes. Mormon. Neato. Yeah. So Jody like plays it off and she's like, oh, he just really misses me because he loves me so much. So what she does is she drives to another event, like another marketing event, to surprise him, which is all completely normal, not stalker behavior at all. No, not at all. Nothing here is out of the ordinary. Oh, God, I hate this. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, but we're about to come into, I had two favorite parts of this movie, and this is the first one. One part, define the laws of physics, and one part, genius editing. Can't wait. So they're making out in the pool, right? And she's moaning in his ear, and she's like, oh my god, Travis. And (laughs) so she like, she's like kissing him, and she's like, I have a huge surprise for you. And she's like, it's something that I really, really want. And Travis is like, if it's better than this, it's going to be amazing. (laughs) (laughs) But what she says, she leans into his ear while they're making out in a swimming pool and says, I've had a vasectomy. (laughs) (laughs) She says, I've decided I'm going to convert. I'm going to become a Mormon. Uh, you can see his face is like, what? <laughs> he kind of like stares at her and she goes all like kind of insane looking. I'm like, oh shit, here it comes. But what she does, look, 
I wanted to know if this was a thing that was re- that was able to be done. And as far as I can tell, it is not. Okay. He goes under the water and gives him a blowjob. I mean, it can be done, but not for extended periods of time. I don't think it can be done. Right. Not like a full. Not the not the whole thing. No, not to completion. <laughs> no. Thank you. <laughs> Um, so he forgets how upset he was, bro. Well, okay, maybe to completion, depending on his stamina. Perhaps. Um, <laughs> but I just think, like, at some point you have to breathe, you have to... Uh, I just, yeah, I can't figure it out. But if somebody knows, please send us an email. Podcast at gmail.com. my sex game, for real. Put it in the subject line so I don't have to read the whole thing. That's for Aaron only. <laughs> okay, so... Anyway, she goes under the water and Travis's eyes roll back in his head. Then she comes out of the water and it's Travis baptizing her into the Mormon church. It was beautiful. (laughs) That is actually really brilliant. It was incredible. Seven and a half out of five stars to whoever did that. Seriously. Okay. I have to watch this movie now. Yeah, it's really good, for real. Um, so there's more sex. So the next, then a couple days, I don't know, it's a morning, whatever, and Travis's friends come over, and they are ta- they're all talking about how Jody was baptized, and his friends are just not impressed. They're not into it. Um, Jody I don't blame all- them. Jody is also not impressed when she overhears them calling her obsessive and creepy. She then hears Travis say that it's, not serious, no long-term commitments. And so she like busts out the door and she's wearing a t-shirt that says Travis Alexander's. And I, I know it was a real thing, but I fucking can't. It was a real thing. I, I, I I keep hoping that those are fake pictures, but they're not. They're not. No. Um, so Travis knows he's in deep shit. He's like, Hey, I thought we decided that you were going to stay upstairs in the bedroom. (laughs) She's like, we decided we were thirsty. Um, So then he calls her his friend. And she's like, oh, well, Nick's your friend. When's the last time you bent him over the bed? Um, He's like, oh, last (laughs) I actually do want to know the answer to that. Yeah, me too. But um, we don't get it. Um, They argue. They argue. um, He calls her crazy. And they break up. And this could have all ended right here. Travis comes home one night and it's all dark in his house and it's really creepy, but it's just a surprise party for his birthday. Surprise. Yay. So Katie's there and she's got it bad for Travis. All of his lady friends are calling Jody a skank, except for Katie, because she doesn't even know the word skank. She's just a really nice girl. That Yeah, she was in Vegas converting everyone to Mormonism. She gives him a kitten calendar for his birthday. Um, cut to Jody. And she's telling her friend how she's really happy. She's totally okay with this. She's totally fine. And she's not crazy. She's fine. She's fine. She's fine. She's fine. She's fine. She's fine. <laughs> fine. Remember that episode of Friends where Ross is like, I'm fine. Yep. Yep. It's like that. Um, so she promises her friend that this is all behind her. And so cut to her running while listening, listening to a tape of Travis's motivational speech. It gets you pumped. Um, he says, when someone says no, you have to hear maybe. That's which not how that is, works. 
bad advice. Right. Listen, we have seen from rape culture in the past five years that that's already what people hear. Let's yes. just say that no means no. No means no. Um, so then she's like stops in her tracks and she runs back to her car. And you can tell that this is serious because Lifetime paid for a real song. No. Which one? It's Evanescence. And it's whatever their really popular song was. Bring Me to Life. Yeah, yeah, that one. Mm-hmm. Um, she moves to Travis's, where he lives. She moves to his hometown or wherever he is. Okay. And she starts stalking him. Because she's over it. Right. I, I, she, now, is this a montage of her stalking with Evanescence playing in the background? Yes. Oh my god! I was just joking! It is. She takes pictures of him going to work, of him getting ice cream with that bitch, Katie. He laughs. How dare he laugh? He should be so sad because he's not with her anymore. We cut to the grocery store. Travis turns on an aisle and stops to admire a woman bent over. And it's Jody. Oh, I can't. I don't even know what to say at this point. She's like, oh, I live here now. Um, because <laughs> not because of you. It's because I love this town. So. Oh, I totally forgot you go here. Right. Oh my God. I can't believe you're here. Ugh, Jody, no. Um, so she's like telling him how she really needs work. Um, she's not above cleaning houses. So, of course, cut to her arriving at Travis's house in a French maid costume. And I don't think the class, the, the class, I don't think the house got cleaned because she's naked in the next scene. Um, it's a different type of cleaning. You wouldn't get it. Okay. So he's like, um, He's freaking out a little and he's like, oh, we shouldn't have done that. And she's like, oh, no, this is totally casual. If you want something more, that's fine. But if not, it's okay. It's a trap. Right. That's a trap. Yes. Um. So she gets up to leave and he's, she's like, oh, did you think I was going to stay the night? Because Travis is like, where are you going? But it's like high noon outside. I don't know <laughs> what I'm talking about. But anyway, as she's leaving, Travis is like, hey, Let's not tell anyone that we're sleeping together. And she's like, okay. It'll be like a game. Yeah. But she's not okay with it. She is eyeing like she, we cut to her in a bar. She's like out and she's eyeing like a really hot guy who she then hooks up with. And this could have all ended right here. (laughs) That guy was really hot. She could have like just gone off with him. But instead she takes pictures of him of them having sex and then sends them to Travis. Because she's a photographer. Yes. And she's like, this is how cool I am with things. I don't believe you. I mean, I do that with my friends. I, I, I send them pictures of me having sex with guys. No one wants to see that. I send it to no one. I mean, no. not you, me. No one wants to see me. No one wants to see me either, which is why I'm just being sarcastic. I don't send people pictures of me having sex. No, I totally believed you did. I Snapchat live the whole thing. <laughs> no. Mm-mm. Nope. Um, Travis starts sending her like mean messages about how she's an ant. Like she's like he says, "Have that guy take you out in the woods and fuck you like the animal that you are." He doesn't say fuck, but that's what I imagine that he really said. Oh my god! And then he calls himself a dildo with a heartbeat. What does that even mean? Like you were just using me because to you I'm just a dildo with a heartbeat. <laughs> 
no, Travis, no. So he's like, they're fighting back and forth. And she's like, wow, like you seem to be really upset about this, even though we're just friends, you know? So he's finally like, we're not friends at all anymore. And so she ramps up her crazy to 9,000. She hacks his email and sends all of his friends and his boss. And also, what does he do? He has a boss, but he's also like an, I don't understand. I don't get it. I will explain that. Okay. She sends him like, she sends him like gross. Well, I'm guessing that they were actually naked photos, but in the movie, he's wearing boxers. Because while I guess it would be like uncouth to send your boss a photo of yourself in boxers, it wouldn't be like a firing offense. Right. It would just be something that you shouldn't do. It's not good. <laughs> um, so he goes out with Katie and tells her, tells her the whole story. And then she like tries to pull this joke on him, but it's really dumb. So I'm not going to talk about it. Um, Jody's outside watching them while stroking a knife. No, she's not. Yeah. You made that up. I didn't. I didn't make any of this up. Um, they come out later and his tires have been slashed. Okay. Travis is shocked. Katie is scared. I'm not shocked. I'm like, okay. So he's playing uh, basketball with Nick, and Nick's like, hey, dude, call the cops. And Travis is like, nah, she's just venting. It's fine. This could have all ended right here. He could have called the cops. <laughs> he's out on a date with Katie. Next thing. Um, we just need a, we need a very not-so-gentle reminder that Katie is pure and innocent. She will not let him touch her under her clothes. There will be none of that hanky-panky in Katie's house. Open your kitten calendar and get over it. Right. Um, so they fall asleep watching a movie and hey, no big deal, but it cuts to the middle of the night and Jody's just casually standing in the hallway watching them sleep. I want to vomit. I just hear that. Ee, ee. Yes. <laughs> psycho music. It's so creepy. Oh, I can't. Mm -mm. That's like one of my biggest phobias is having somebody in my house while I'm sleeping that I don't know is there. Oh, absolutely. I think it's oh. everyone's biggest phobia. Oh, it creeps me out. Okay. Um, the next morning they wake up on the couch and Katie's like, do you have any orange juice? So she goes to get some orange juice and Travis goes upstairs to his bathroom and there's photos of him and Katie taped up all over the mirror. Man, she worked hard. She's like those elves that make shoes overnight. Seriously, I'm like, how did she get into the house, take the photos, sneak out, get them developed, sneak back in, tape them all up and sneak out, back out with nobody noticing. Or was it like a 1.5 megapixel digital camera that she used his printer to print them off on? It's 2006. Yeah, they had like, I had a digital camera in 2006. It was a 1.5 megapixel. She was running his printer. Like, wouldn't that have made noise and woken him up? I don't know. Depends on how comfortable he was with Katie. Oh, I don't know. But either way, it's real creepy. So instead of calling the police, Travis calls Jody to yell at her. This could have ended right here. Yes. Thank you. You stole the words right out of my mouth. Um, Jody's like, hey, you're crazy. I'm at my grandma's house. It's okay. Everyone gets a, gets a little jealous sometimes. But watch out with Katie because someday she'll just disappear. No. And she does all this while she's like playing with a gun. It's very creepy. <laughs> so Travis invites Katie to Hawaii. Okay. Um. And so while he's doing this, like they're talking and she's like, oh, I got to go buy a new bathing suit. Da, 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 da. And she picks up the following note from her windshield. It says, if you sleep under the same roof as him, you are giving the appearance of evil. You are a daughter of God and you have been a shameful example. Be thou clean. Sin no more. Oh, yeah. I get those every Tuesday. <laughs> I 
can't. So clearly it's from Jody. So then Travis meets Jody in the park to aggressively ask her to go away. He's like, please fucking leave me alone. Um, she says, you're just pushing me away because you love me. And she's like, and it's not because she's crazy or irrational or a stalker. It's because Jody is what Travis wants. That's why he's pushing her away. That's not how any of this works. So Travis points out that he never told Jody that he loves her because he doesn't. And I can hear the psycho music again. Burn. Yeah. So Jody says he doesn't know his own feelings. Um, he says he's with Katie. Or yeah, Travis says, oh, I'm with Katie now. So she does what every normal girl going through a breakup does. She dyes her hair dark. That's actually the most accurate thing of this story. And that's a thing. Look, if you ever have a friend and she goes from blonde to dark or blonde to redhead or whatever, she's going through something. Just let her do her thing. Elwood's taught me that. Then she cuts up all the pictures of her and Travis and shoots a gun at herself in the mirror. Wait, sorry, that last part wasn't normal. It was just the first part. I was like, that took a really hard right turn. <laughs> okay, here we go. It's June 4th at 2.30 in the morning. Travis is sitting on his couch. He's staring at a copy of the Book of Mormon that he's using as a coaster. As a poster? Coaster? Oh, coaster. Okay. I'm on um, my second strongbow. Jody casually like knocks on the door. Again, it's 2.30 in the morning. Like you do. And she's like, hey, I'm just, I just came to say goodbye. And this is where it all ends because he's like, okay, bye. It was nice to see you. And then he closes the door and locks it. He goes to bed and everyone's still alive. No. No, he doesn't. He invites her in. No. Yeah. He makes her tea. Um, Jody says she's moving back to California. Um, he says, oh, well, you know, we're really going to miss a, you know, a good portion of our good looking is moving away. I don't know, whatever. He tells her he's pretty. And so she's like, he says, oh, you're so good looking and easy to be with. I guess Katie broke up with him for not having principles, which I can't really argue with poor Katie in this situation. Right. <laughs> so Travis is like, hey, Jody, you've really been acting crazy. So she cries and apologizes. And then they say goodnight. And then she leaves. He locks the door. He goes to bed and everyone's happy. I don't believe you. No, they have sex. Is she a French maid or are they in the pool? They're actually in a bed this time. Whoa, what? No. Um, so we cut to the opening scene where she's naked with the photos. And I imagine, you know how last week, I imagine, you know, the director like went into the editing room and he was like, okay, how much time do we have? This time I imagine like a lifetime, um, like executive calls down and he's like, what the hell are y'all doing? You're an hour and 15 minutes in. There's 10 minutes left. And so the director's like, oh shit. Okay, so- Gotta wrap it up, boys. So they take all the pictures, and then Travis gets in the shower while Jody lays in bed and looks at the pictures, and everything's gonna be fine. And then she gets dressed and goes home. Yes, everyone's happy. Except it isn't because Travis's phone goes off. <sighs> and Jody tries for like two seconds to ignore it before she picks it up. Hey, good on you, girl. You tried. Right, she did try. We'll give her that. She gave it the old college try. Um, <laughs> It's Katie. She's ready to talk. Jody texts, asks Travis, what is there to talk about? And Katie says she overreacted. Can she come over? And Jody asks Travis, says, Jody's here. I have no use for you anymore. That checks out. And Katie's like, what the fuck? <laughs> and she says, are you kidding? But I just imagine that poor Katie's like, what the hell, man? Um, she probably said like, 
oh cheese nips yeah probably anyway so jody as travis says he's super serious so deal with it and then katie katie says perfect go back to the girl you told me was only good for one thing you deserve each other oh damn and jody loses it and this is where it goes real bad um she throws all this stuff out of the window no she opens the shower and starts taking photos of him and at first he thinks like it's sexy time so he's like posing and she's like turn around i want to see your shoulders but she's not saying it in like the way that she was usually saying things she's very like monotone and you can tell like the girl has snapped oh no it's bad so then when his back is turned she stabs him no jody no she stabs him a lot, and I know it's a movie, but I can't imagine that this guy just, let, just stood there and let her stab him and did not fight back. He had defensive wounds in real life. He doesn't, and he, like, stumbles out of the shower, and it's so sweet. Like, he, like, stumbles to the sink to spit blood in it. Like, it's like there's not blood everywhere else already. Just spit on the floor, baby. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> he, like, falls on the floor, and she just keeps stabbing him, and there is blood everywhere um he crawls out of the bathroom he's trying to crawl down the hallway but she stops him and she slits his throat oh no and again blood everywhere everywhere it's so bad um she drags him back into the bathroom where she turns on the water and then she shoots him even though he's already like real dead like he's dead right she shoots him i don't understand um so he's dead um the detectives come and they find a palm print they find jody's camera in the washing machine and i'm like girl take it with you what's wrong with you because so far she's proven to us that she is completely sane like who says oh first of all she texts katie like jody's here and then murders him right Uh uh-huh um so they managed to get some of the deleted photos back because that's how science works which it is. That's how right. science works. That is how science works. Yeah. <laughs> Six weeks later, Jody is arrested. And we have my other favorite part. And I'm going to direct you to the drive in just a second. You put something in the drive for me? Yes, it's like Christmas. <laughs> the detective puts her in the car. Like he, he's arresting her. He puts her in the back of the car. And she turns to him and she says, can someone grab my makeup before we leave? No. And yes, I know that the detective was supposed to look exasperated, but please open the drive and open the photo that says sad cop. Okay. I can see into his soul and that actor is reevaluating every single life choice that brought him to this part in the movie. (laughs) Oh no. Okay. Hold on. Is it in the photos folder? No. Oh, okay. That's fine. Uh, I think it's just in the. Just in the drive. Yeah. That's cool. I don't know how to do things. I'm really hot, but I'm Sad cop. I see it. (laughs) (laughs) That is Joey's smell a fart method. Look at him. Look at that poor man. (laughs) He is like, what have I done? He, you know that he has an MFA from a fancy theater school and this is what he's doing with his life. And that is the face he's making. That guy, look, I see you, David Zayas. You are good in this movie. And you don't let anybody tell you otherwise. <laughs> Poor guy. I can't stop looking at it. I know. 
he really broke character there, but it's okay. It worked. So Jody has, takes a very sweet and innocent mugshot. She tells the detective that she wasn't there. Why would she confess to something she sh- she didn't do? She has this very like, oh, but like. It's the way every 16 year old talks to me when they get in trouble at school. Absolutely. Yes. I was going to say it's very like Little Orphan Annie or like, um, you know, the old like Shirley Temple movies where she's like, but I don't know what you're talking about. You know? Right. <laughs> But Mr. Adams, I could have never done that. But I would never. Yeah. Mm-hmm, that's So we're back in the forensics lab. And look, how many hands does Jody Arias have? Um, One. Well, I would think two. I don't know. I was, I thought you were going to tell me a different number. So I was just trying to guess that it was going to be crazy. I don't know how she has enough hands to murder this guy, take photos, and drag his body around like all at the same time. Who knows? Girl, you're overachieving. Don't give her any kind of alibi because her case is being appealed right now. Or it's up for appeal. Don't give her any information that could make her case. She only has two hands. Right. You just said that it would be impossible for her to take pictures and drag a body and stab him. No, I said, how does she have enough hands to do all those things? Because she did. There we go. Now we're back to her guilt. Oh, she's guilty. I'm just saying, let's not help her defense at all. I'm not trying to. <laughs> um, so, okay, so next her story changes about 9,000 times. And we get a montage of all the weird shit she did while she was interrogated. And I'll let you talk about that. Um, I can't wait. She's being interrogated and she says, now she says it was two white Americans, which is not a thing. There is no such thing as a, no, that's not a way to classify people. I'm sorry, but... Extra credit to her for not immediately going to two Mexicans or two black men. Because that's what history has said, has shown that people say. True, but she gets no credit because there's nobody says white American. <laughs> A small foreign faction. <laughs> so um, she says it was these two white Americans. And then when the gun jammed after they tried to shoot her, they just let her go instead. That checks out. White Americans are known for letting people just go. <laughs> um, They're so we known get, for their benevolence. We get a bunch of news audio bites from actual newscasters and all the crazy shit that they find. The photos, the text messages, all that stuff. Um, so Forensics finds a photo that has Jody's pant leg in it and then her stupid fucking French manicure while she drives the body around. Again... <laughs> You're overachieving, girl. Stop taking pictures while you're dragging the body around. Like, what is wrong with you? You're just making the case for them. She must have had it set on a timer. You should, like, she's like, selfie! Like, girl, stop! <laughs> now Jody is saying, like, well, she's telling, oh, this poor policeman. Ugh. She's like, well, if I had killed Travis, I definitely would have done it this way and i would have worn gloves i have lots of gloves sir (laughs) i have many leather bound books giving him those like fuck me eyes while she's telling him this i can't oh just stop just stop just don't do it spoiler alert i wish that was made up for the movie it's not no it's it's not i've seen plenty of the interviews she's horrible i hate her okay she's like 
he like puts the photos from the their sexy photo shoot in front of her and she's like well those look like me but maybe they were from another time okay so now we're at the trial finally and um Jody has completed her transformation from sexy vixen thing to innocent girl who wears glasses. And now she says she did kill Travis, but it was self-defense. Oh, right. Against the white Americans. I wish this was not true. They play all the dirty phone calls. Which Who who recorded these calls? I'm really asking you. Which uh, one of them recorded these calls? Why? I don't know, actually. So, um... The jury didn't actually get to hear nearly as much evidence as they would in a normal case. Um, so I don't know where they got the evidence they did use. But, like, who records themselves having phone sex? I do. Just to, like, play it back later, see if I sounded good. Should I have used more adjectives or fewer? <laughs> it's so weird. Okay. Whatever. So then she's on the stand and she does the thing that I think is aside from killing him, is the worst thing that she does in this movie. Mixes black and brown? No. She says that she once saw Travis um, masturbating, and when she came in the room, he puts away a picture of a little boy in his underwear. No, she did not. She did. I... <sighs> He's already dead. Like, why? You already murdered this person. Why continue to his family is in that court oh it makes me so mad his family is in there god what a monster family is listening to this his family his friends his grandmother whatever they're all in there listening to her tell this story that is a blatant bold-faced lie absolutely what a monster like i don't have i wish i had something quippy to say she's just trash i hate her i and hey it's our friend nancy grace here to like, save the day. Nancy Grace is in the movie? Well, her voice is. So, to, like, real story, truth time, in high school, I was obsessed with Swift Justice with Nancy Grace. <laughs> her courtroom TV show, I watched it, like, if I was sick, I would make sure that I watched that. Top mom. Yes. Um, okay. Where were we? Um, Grace? Yes, Nancy Grace. Oh, Nancy Grace says sex mojo. I mean, I need that to never happen again. Sex mojo. I'm disgusted because I'm picturing in her voice with that. I'll talk to your manager, Bob. (laughs) Okay. So they show a bunch of clips of her changing plates after the murder and leaving messages for Travis on his voicemail and turning off her phone so it won't ping off the towers between his house and hers. Um, she fills up with gas cans, gas cans instead of um, at a gas station. So she makes the whole drive back without stopping in the gas station. Um, this is they're trying to prove that she premeditated this murder, right? Um, and then she ditches the gun. And I will just say the jury in this trial needs a better poker face <laughs> because they're all like, "Oh, yeah." Um, we. Cut to another interview with the detective, and she's crying. Now she's crying on the stand, and the lawyer is like, did you cry when you were stabbing him? And she's like, I don't know. And he's like, did you cry when you shot him? Did you cry when you slit his throat? And she's like, I don't know. And he's like, then why are you crying now? (laughs) Um, But she's guilty as fuck. Bye, bitch. Um, 
We cut to prison where she's talking to Travis, i.e. herself. And she's telling him how sorry she is. And he's asking, like, she's asking, like, why didn't you love me back? Why didn't you love me back? And then we cut to a singing competition. This is the very end. Um, where she's singing Oh Holy Night, which we all know is a real thing that happened. She did win, like, an America's Got Talent inside of her prison. Um, yeah. But it's interspersed with clips of her making out with Travis. And I can't because Oh Holy Night's my favorite, like, religious Christmas carol and i it it checks out she started out by stripping to i'll fly away (laughs) and then the final screen says on may 8th 2013 jody arias was convicted of first degree murder the jury was unable to reach a unanimous decision on whether she should receive the death penalty for her crime she's currently awaiting a new sentencing trial so she's not awaiting a new murder trial she's awaiting a new sentencing trial right that's it Yay! It's over. Yay! Hey! No, just that movie sounds like a ride. I actually, it's one that I would actually recommend other people watch. It's it's a it's a good movie. It's just Jody sucks. The worst. I hate her. Okay. All right. Now, for the unfortunate true details of this crime, bright side, it's not nearly as convoluted as last week's. It's a lot more cut and dry. And also, like, we we discussed this, and I just want to, like, address it on the outset. We discussed this. We are not really going to tell a lot of backstory with regards to Jodi Arias and with regards to her side of the story because she sucks. We're really going to focus on Travis. He is the victim in this crime, and everybody would do well to remember that. That is accurate. So, um, first of all, this, um, the murder... Two hours talking about Jody, so yes. sure, her heart's done. <laughs> um, so his body was discovered on June 9th, two thousand eight, and I went to my Facebook to see what I was doing on June 9th, two thousand eight. <laughs> what were you doing? My Facebook status was, and I quote: "So I woke up with a light bulb in my hand this morning, and that's a thing that really happened." I'm sorry. What? I sleepwalk. Oh. And my little brother told me, because he had fallen asleep on the couch. I was living at my parents' house, because it's the summer between, like, college semesters. Uh Um, But I woke up in the middle of the night and got dressed for work and, like, stood in the bathroom with the lights off and brushed my hair and sprayed cologne on. And I sprayed, like, it was so strong that when I woke up the next morning, I could still smell it. Like, I just sprayed it. Wow. I sprayed a lot, apparently. Then I climbed back into bed. I unscrewed the light bulb from the lamp beside my bed and just held it in my hand for the next four hours. Interesting. (laughs) So that's where I was in life. So I guess I didn't post anything on June 8th, 2008. I did post that I was sleepy on June 3rd, 2008. Well, there you go. Just at the top, my sources, I started with the Wikipedia article, The Murder of Travis Alexander. Mm-hmm. And then I read the Jody Arias murderer from biography.com. Mm-hmm. And then because I promised all of our loyal listeners that I would not read any more books because I'm back at school. I also read the book picture perfect, <laughs> the Jody Arias story by Shanna Hogan. So, um, 
So, as you said, we're going to focus on Travis first. So, I'm going to say at the top, if I'm casting Jodie Arias in my dream movie, she's played by Alyssa Milano. Yeah. Uh-huh. I see that. Uh-huh. And Travis Alexander is played by Jason Siegel. <gasps> I love him. Me too. I have a huge crush on him still. I do like him a lot. Mm-hmm. Me too. So, okay. So, Travis Alexander was born July 28th, 1977. And he was born in a large family. He had seven siblings. And... He also Mormons. Yeah. Um, his parents were not practicing. They were actually both addicted to drugs and he had a really hard childhood. Wow. Yeah. So um, when he was 11, he couldn't endure his mom's abuse anymore. And so he, um, he documents in his, right before he died, he was writing a memoir. And so in his memoir, he documented the night that he discovered the Lord and he spent the whole day screaming out for God to send him someone to rescue him from his mom. And his grandmother, actually his dad's mom came and picked him up and he just spent the rest of his childhood with her. Wow. Um, and so after his dad died, his mom, like his parents divorced, his dad left. Mm-hmm. But after his dad died, when he was like 14, um, his mom just could not take care of them anymore. And so his grandparents went and picked up all of his siblings. That's really sad. Yeah. Um, but it was there that he really got into the church of Latter-day Saints. Mm-hmm. Um, he started attending church regularly and he eventually threw himself like full force into it. He was baptized young and he grew up to be a devout Mormon. He was, mm-hmm. he went on his own mission as an adult, which is something you do in the Mormon church. Like it's one of your mm-hmm. coming of age things. It is, oh, well, if, if you're um, a man. Right. If you're, or a boy, you go on your mission, you're gone for two years. Um, from what I know, I, I did a lot of, I studied um, the fundamental Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints a lot when I was in college. So I actually do know a lot about the regular Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints as well. You go... They give you, they just give you like a place where you go and they send you to that place and you live there for two years. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and you try to breathe, like the more people that you convert, the, I guess you get, I don't know. It's not like accolades. I don't know. It's very complicated. Yes. But it's a thing like they actively go and those are the people that knock on your door on Saturday morning. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so... Um, he, when he came into adulthood, he was working three jobs to try to keep himself afloat and they were all kind of dead end jobs. And while he was working these jobs, he found out about this company called prepaid legal and prepaid legal is a, like an insurance plan for you to pay in monthly in case you ever get sued or need legal counsel for some reason. Hmm. And it is very much a pyramid scheme. So Travis had people working above him that his check mm-hmm. filtered up to. Um, okay. And so that was between that and then another company, he started later with a friend to make women dress more modestly. Those were his two bosses. <laughs> oh. Uh-huh. oh, no. I want to get that out of the way early. Oh, sweet baby. No. Um, but actually, this is what I found super interesting about him was when he was in his mid-20s, he actually had a near-death experience. Really? Yeah. He went to a diner with some friends and a masked gunman came in and held them at gunpoint. Many of his friends actually were able to hide out of sight, but he got caught. And so the guy held a gun to him and told him to give him his wallet. 
Travis didn't travel with his wallet. He had his cell phone and he had cash and that was it. So he gave all that up and the guy just kept accusing him of having a wallet and just like screamed at him to give him his wallet. Travis said um, that his life didn't flash before his eyes, but he was surprised by how many thoughts you could have at one time in a short amount of time. Um, But one of the, Oh, go ahead. How horrifying is it that he survived that and then died the way that he did? That's, because i think i'm a talented writer i wrote he would not survive the next brush he'd have with death (laughs) um but eventually in his 20s he survived again and in his late 20s he did not survive his crazy girlfriend uh, one of the people in the diner slid their wallet over instead and so the gunman took it and left Uh, that's crazy yeah so he lived with a lot of tragedy and that's really sad yeah it really is he had a really rough life um so prepaid legal still exists by the way it's now called legal shield Um, okay but he moved up really quickly through prepaid legal um and he really found like his true financial independence he very quickly was able to save save up enough to buy a really nice house in mesa arizona um, mm-hmm. which was not, it was starting to grow. Um, mm-hmm. because as you pointed out, it was the bubble, of the housing market. And so things were just starting to move that way. And so he was able to get land for pretty cheap. Mm-hmm. And like he had, he, it was a new build. He paid for a new build. So it was this really sta- like stellar house for somebody in his mid twenties, just getting started. And I don't know if you talk about this, but it's interesting because he has this in the early 2000s. He was murdered in 2008. I wonder how well he survived, like, the the bubble burst of 2007. Right. Um, I don't talk about that. Um, he fared pretty well. He fared pretty well just because his services were, like, he, on top of selling everything, he was a motivational speaker at the prepaid legal conferences, Okay. Mm-hmm. And so his job was pretty secure because he was really charismatic and um, he had this alter ego where he'd come out in like overalls and like a yuck yuck kind of attitude. And that was like what life is like when you don't have any money and when you don't take care of yourself. And then like serious yeah. Travis would come out and he would tell them what it's like to live financially stable. Oh God. Uh-huh. Mm. So, um, I I chose this point in my notes to, oh, so he is at a prepaid legal convention in Las Vegas where he's speaking. And it is at this convention that he meets a just getting on her feet, Jodi Arias. Mm-hmm. And then I wrote, listen, Jodi Arias is garbage. I don't have a kind way to talk about her, but I'm going to try to stay level headed. So um, just a quick rundown. She was born July. That warning at the beginning of this yeah. episode. Because I did not also, I also did not have a nice way to talk about her. And I just don't. Uh, no. And what she did was horrible. She and was, I don't understand it. I... She was born July 9th, 1980 in Salinas, California. Um, she had three siblings, like full siblings that lived with her, with her plus a half sibling from her dad's previous marriage. Um, she claims that she had a well-adjusted childhood until she was seven. And then her parents got abusive. She said they stopped like just like swats and instead started whipping them with like belts and wooden spoons and those things. Um, so she turned to. Dr- 
carried a wooden spoon in her purse, and yeah. I've never murdered anyone. No. I'm just telling you what she said. Okay. Uh, Jody, at a young age, she turned to drugs, and this caused a rift in her family when her parents found out. They were super distrusting after this. They went through her whole room. And that's when she first started, like, really hiding things. Her dad's mm-hmm. quote was, after that, something turned in her head. We were nosy parents, and we were going to search everything that she had, so she hid everything from us, and she's never been honest with us since then. Hey, wow. You know what they could have benefited from? A little honesty. Right. They taught her to... Ugh, they, they taught, taught her, her to snoop. To yeah, just don't do that. Don't do that to your kids. Don't do it to your significant other. Just don't do it. Preach. Don't do it. I just... I can't with that. I'm sorry. It really, really, it's a sticking point for me. And I could t- tell you why, but I just, it's not about me. I'm not going to go in. Right. <laughs> um, so uh, as a young adult and into adulthood, she had a string of bad relationships. She worked like lots of dead end waitressing jobs, but she had this dream to be a real estate investor. She never mm-hmm. actually took any classes or did anything toward it. She just told everyone that was her dream. Sure. Uh-huh. Um, but at one point she was like, I want to be a Kardashian. Like I'm not trying to, you know, actively trying to become one, but I, I would like that. Right. Exactly. Chris Jenner, call me there. Look, now I'm trying. Yay. (laughs) (laughs) So the only step that she made toward being a real estate investor is she convinced one of the, like one of her boyfriends to go in and buy a house with her. And it was like a $200,000 house. And listen, I can't afford that. And Sarah and I have two stable incomes. I don't know where they thought they were going to get this money. Okay, so this is in California too, right? Yeah, where land is much more expensive. Listen, here in San Antonio, Texas, or just in Texas in general, I mean, if you get up in Austin or Houston, but so we'll say in the hill country of Texas, $200,000 will buy you a lot of house. It will. It will buy you a really nice house. In California, if you've ever watched Fixer Upper or House Hunters or anything, those people are paying three quarters of a million dollars for a two bedroom, one bath. Oh, yeah. So don't come with me. No, (laughs) that was such a bad idea. If you're going to invest in a house in your 20s, do it in a place where the property values are really low. Right, exactly. Um, Like any good real estate investor would know to do. So, um, she was living with this boyfriend and then his ex was moving to Monterey with their son. So he moved so he could stay close to his son. Look, I would kill to live in Monterey. Have you watched Big Little Lies on HBO? No, but I read the book. Oh, the book is excellent. Watch the, watch the miniseries. It's actually really, really good. And I generally don't, they both stand on their own, but they they drive, it's set in Monterey, California instead Uh. of Australia. And so the drive, like in the opening credits, just gorgeous. I would kill to live there. Gotcha. Um, anyway, so he moves there. And so she breaks things off with him. She couldn't keep up with the payments on this house. And she felt like she was underneath it. So mm-hmm. that's when she heard about prepaid legal. So she went with some friends to this prepaid legal conference. And so unlike in the movie, thank God it was not like the movie. Uh, sigh of relief for everybody. She is sitting at. Can I the... read the line again. <laughs> Please do. <laughs> I'm never gonna open my notes again. I should. No, it's okay. 
<laughs> well, now they're open. Hold okay. On. So did she really not say? I'll fly away in glory. <laughs> okay. Did she really not say? I was just suggesting that we go up to your room, tear off each other's clothes, oil each other down, and see how quickly we can turn your bed into splinters. You know, coffee. <laughs> it's not bad. It's grosser the second time. Look, that's my new pickup line. Gentlemen, if you meet me in a bar, that's what I'm going to say to you. <laughs> <laughs> can't okay so um god i hate her (laughs) she was he probably didn't even really say that but it's gonna in my head be always be something she head canon yes (laughs) so no she was sitting with some friends at a rainforest cafe outside and he passed by and was struck by the way she looked taken by her rainforest cafe in vegas i would sarah and i have eaten at every rainforest we've ever like in every city we visited there are eight zillion amazing restaurants in Vegas, and zero of them are the Rainforest Cafe. They're like Pokemon. You got to collect them all. No, you don't. <laughs> you don't. Um, I once went to that that restaurant in Vegas, you know, where they have the wine people that strap to, like, the zip lines, and they go up and down, and they get your wine for you. I've mm-hmm. not heard of this. Like, bomb. Mm-hmm. When we mm-hmm. have podcasting money, I'm having that installed in my house. <laughs> um, anyway, so she's sitting with her friends. Travis comes and introduces himself. And she found him handsome, said he was well, well built, and he was dressed in a dark suit. They chatted for a while, and he was just drawn to her. So the next day, he called and invited her to the prepaid legal black and gold ball which was an exclusive like black tie event for the executives of this company. And um, she said she hesitated in accepting because she hadn't brought anything nice enough. So he called her again and he was like, I have a friend who brought two formal gowns. Why don't you try one on and see if it fits and we can go together. So she decided to go. So he what? He pretty womaned her. Yes, exactly. Um, so this started their like subs their their romance that was just so chased from chased from the get go. Um, I wrote their subsequent relationship started chastely and innocently and fuck upedly enough. God, <laughs> um, they carried on this long distance relationship. He was in Mesa, Arizona, and she was in Wairica, California. And I did look up pronunciations to see if that was correct. Is that a place? Yeah, it's Y-R-E-K-A. But I definitely had to look up their Wikipedia page to see how it's pronounced. Yeah, because I would call that like Eureka. I, I said Erica every time. So okay. um, they talked to a, they talked to each other every night on the phone. And um, he had some friends, the, the Hugheses, who were kind of the halfway point between his house and her house. So they'd meet up there on the weekends and they, the Hugheses would offer them both bedrooms to stay in. And um, that way they could see each other. Mm-hmm. Um, their relationship really blossomed over MySpace, And thank God for MySpace Cause we have these quotes. Are you ready? Fucking MySpace hit me with them. I'm so ready. So he once commented on a picture of her. 
I wonder how much you raise the hotness level of Wairika all by yourself, factoring in its per capita stats before you came. I am sure it has raised exponentially. God, I'm so turned on right now. <laughs> Don't fucking hit on me with economics. Yeah, just... That's not the way to do it. No. That's okay. She won up to him because she actually started pursuing Mormonism way earlier than you mentioned in the movie. Mm-hmm. So he had posted a picture on MySpace that she commented, you look so innocent. Very much what Adam must have looked like in the Garden of Eden. Shut the fuck <laughs> up. That didn't happen. I read that in the book and I rolled out of bed. I was laughing so hard. <laughs> that did not happen. Please tell me that didn't happen. No, that's 100% real. <laughs> that's that's a different kind of fucked up from the coffee thing what the fuck I, I can't even I don't even I don't have words for how messed up that is what the hell so their relationship would eventually build into something hot to what he thought that was like sexy or something. Listen, he asked her about the per capita hotness. I don't think either of them knew what was going on. They both just sound like adolescent virgins <laughs> who've never talked to a person of the opposite sex before. I'm an adult virgin. <laughs> I. Oh God. <laughs> so... Hold on, I gotta refill my wine glass. We're there. Okay. So their relationship really got intense after that. She was throwing herself into Mormonism to be closer to Travis and in air quotes I wrote and closer to God. Sure. They studied the Book of Mormon together and they appeared as chaste as anyone could imagine. But as Shanna Hogan put it and y'all she deserves an award for her writing. This, yes. She actually has several awards but she needs an award for this book. By all appearances, Travis and Jody's union seemed pure, but while they both preached Mormon virtues, their relationship was secretly steeped in sin. <laughs> Get to the good stuff. So, Jody claims that their sexual relationship actually started that first weekend that they met at the Hughes' house in. Mm -hmm. The midway point. Okay. She said that he snuck into the room that she was staying in the middle of the night and he didn't say anything. He just started to kiss her, pull off her pants and gave her oral sex and she reciprocated. And then she claimed that their relationship got super sexual super quickly and that he was very intimate in a different way during their like hours long phone conversations. Mm -hmm. And but when they were together in person, he was distant and disconnected. Which I think is probably true, actually. I would think that you would want, well, I would think that you wouldn't want either of those things. But if you're going to have one of them, it should be the other way around. Right. Um, I, I but think. But what do I know? I'm not Jody Arias. I don't know a goddamn thing about love, clearly. So Jody claimed that because she was new to the Mormon faith, she didn't understand all the laws yet. And so this is where she, like, I need to re like to remind everybody at this point that this interview happened after Travis was fucking dead. So he can't defend himself. Mm. She says 
that um, if he convinced her that if they only had oral and anal sex, that it counted as inner as outer course and not intercourse. Look, I grew up in a church, so I do know that oral is moral. No, but <laughs> we didn't talk about the we didn't talk about anal. It was oral is moral. That's it. Um. And so he said that it wasn't wrong if it was outer course. Now, this is according to her. Um, yeah, I think she's both. Oh, I think so, too. And I'm and I'm not saying that I believe 100. Like, I'm not saying that I don't believe anything she's saying. And I'm not saying I believe 100% of what she's saying. I think there's probably a middle ground that is true. Um, when I, if I'm speaking of church again, since I guess that's going to be our running theme. When I was... Growing up, our pastor would say, no matter how flat you make a pancake, there's still two sides. Exactly. I like it. Mm -hmm. um, he was a wise man. So um, this is where I wrote my disclaimer about, I said, a lot of what I've read quotes Jody and attempts either purposefully or unintentionally to tell a story where she's not at fault for her behavior, like at all. Um, and I need to say right now, before I progress any further, that Travis's victimhood does not forgive the fact that he let her on. And he did. He let her on. Um, and as we pointed out, there are several times when either one of them could have walked away. And I think that this is like a, an illustration of a relationship where, you know, you and I have met people like this. Oh, yeah. Where I've been in relationships where it's like fire and gasoline. That's who we are. And we have a very, we had a very passionate relationship, but ultimately we would have destroyed each other. And oh. this is what we did. Oh yeah. Um, and I'm not saying we would have murdered one another, but we would have destroyed each other's lives. Right. Know? It's one of those things you look back on now and you're like, damn, what was I thinking? Oh yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, and he was a womanizer. That was a, like a running thread from all of his friends. Mm -hmm. Um, he led her on. He aimed to make her feel guilty for the amount of sex they were having by throwing his religion in her face. Um, it was, and really their relationship was a thing of convenience. And then I said, but he was, he's not excused for that, but none of that adds up to being brutally murdered. Right. Nobody deserves that. None of those things add up to, okay. So because of all those things, she deserved to be able to murder him right. or he deserved to die for it. That's right. not, Exactly. So I just had to get that away in my notes because I didn't yeah. want people to think that I'm just forgiving him for everything. No, um, he, he, he was a typical mid to late 20 year old guy. Right. They, for the most part, act like that. Oh, yeah. And so if every one of them that acted like that was murdered, there would be far fewer men in the world. Right. Um, so his friends were concerned that Jody was putting on a show that she wasn't really converting to Mormonism. She was doing crazy things like one time when they were, so sky was the wife, uh, like the sky Hughes is the woman who owned the house that they went to. Okay. And she said that when Travis and Jody would come over, Travis would play with the Hughes's kids and Jody would make a big show of curling up on the couch with her book of Mormon and read through it like a novel. I wish that everyone could see the eye roll you just gave. It was like into last century. <laughs> I've gotten really good at eye rolling lately. I'm glad you found your talents. 
Look, I I have a very specific set of skills. At least you They're found it. Uh, <laughs> so one weekend when uh one weekend when Jody and Travis were visiting, Sky pulled Travis into like Sky and her husband pulled Travis into their bedroom after Jody was asleep and said, She's not welcome here anymore. She creeps us out. Do not bring her here anymore. And so Jody knocks on the door. Hey guys, she left me out. Hello. Is she wearing her t-shirt? <laughs> yes. I, in my head, she's always wearing that t-shirt. Today, she's still wearing it. <laughs> she probably is. Um, so they, um, Sky went, or Travis went, and he was like, yeah, it's a private conversation. Sorry. It's, you know, not a big deal. So she went to bed. They continued the conversation, like, in hushed tones. And Sky said that this cold feeling just swept over her. And she said, Travis, you need to go open the door. She's out there. And Travis was like, no, she's not. And he opened the door and she had her ear pressed to the fucking door. Like every cartoon you've ever seen. Okay. So. Jody's a bad snooper. It could have ended right here. Could have ended right there. She's a bad snooper because. If she was listening to the conversation, she would have heard this chick be like, hey, she's out there. And then. (laughs) Run away. Right. In the door, he was like, hey, bitch, you're crazy. She's not out here. Right. But instead. <sighs> so, well, and Sky didn't absolve Travis of his behavior either. She sent him an email one day where she called him out for their sexual activities. Because um, they were also Mormon. So they're inviting this couple to stay with them and their children. Uh-huh. And these people are just having torrid sex like underneath their roof, which they don't believe in. Right. Or it's not that they don't believe, but it's a no-no for them. Right. And so she called him in this email. Violating people's wishes or I don't know, whatever. All, all over the place. Uh-huh. I can't. Well, she called him in this email a sexual predator. She said, Jody was being treated horribly. You weren't beating her physically, but you were emotionally. She's given you everything, all control, and you give her 3 a.m. calls and makeout fests. So I don't think Sky knew exactly what was going on. (laughs) No. (laughs) Probably Um, not. And so she said, she even went to Jody and said, hey, Travis isn't good for you. You need to break it off with him because this isn't a healthy relationship. So she was like trying to be the adult in this situation. Uh -uh. Um, So instead of breaking things off, Jody did the logical next thing. She called Travis and she said, I got an email and this is what it says. And she said it was like this anonymous email. And it said, I watch your every move. I will have you. Travis doesn't deserve you. He's too far away to protect you. And so he wanted to go and like protect her and be the knight in shining armor. And Sky and her husband were like, dude, she did not get that fucking email. Like, <laughs> and I just, I hope I have friends like the Hughes for the, like forever people who will just call everyone their bullshit. And so, um, things came to a head when Jody, who had a history of opening her boyfriend's emails and texts, found some sexual messages that Travis was sending to other women on MySpace. And this is when things went downhill. Like their relationship had always been on again, off again and push and pull. And um, 
a truly abusive relationship. Like, yeah. you know, it's not healthy. Um, so after their big fight, he broke it off with her and said he wanted to date other women, women who were marriageable because she wasn't because she was a slut in his, like basically is what he implied. Dude. No. Um, so over the course of dating other women, especially, um, shit, I forget, Lisa, um, especially this woman, Lisa, who was really serious about, I think that Lisa is the Katie from your movie. Yes. Um, so while he was dating Lisa, that's when the worst shit happened. He, uh, got home one day and his like personal journals had been stolen and his computer had been getting, had been tampered with, um, mm-hmm. His tires got slit two nights in a row, one night while he was at his house with Lisa and one night when he was at Lisa's house. Yikes. And then finally, Lisa's tires got slit and she immediately blamed Jody. But Travis really had trouble fathoming that his doe-eyed, wonderful, meek, and mild ex-girlfriend could do anything so hateful. He eventually came to understand that she was um, dangerous though. And mm-hmm. so Jody later admitted in like questioning, he like, he found her in his house once mm-hmm. and she later admitted in questioning oh, no. that she'd broken in through the dog door. No. Yeah. So no. Travis eventually broke it off with Lisa. I think that she was not like, she was not that into him with all the crazy mm-hmm. of Jody. Um, but throughout his relationship with Lisa, when he would go to prepaid legal events, he would have these quick weekend flings with Jody because she was also going to these prepaid legal events. And so then he'd go back home and to his girlfriend who he really did like at one point said she was the one he was going to marry and he'd started to like make preparations for that. And then he decided mm-hmm. that he was just going to be a bachelor forever. So finally the last week of May, 2008 rolls around. And mm-hmm. Travis has a conversation with a friend. He'd logged onto his Facebook. So we're finally out of MySpace and into Facebook. Hey! Like, what? It's a funny thing that we can actually judge this timeline based on social media. For real. I mean, Facebook, I remember, um, let's see, it, it started when I it was like 2005, uh-huh. when it was, it was the Facebook and, and you, you had to have only, a college email address. You could only join if you, well, first it was, you could only join if you were through at invitation. certain universities. That's right. Through invitation. And then, cause that's when I joined. Cause we got invitations cause we were, you know, uh, Greek life at our university. And then, um, then it spread to any university. And then it was like, it was a couple of years before anybody could join. Like right. Just anybody. Well, because then it spread out to high school and you had to have a high school student email. Right. And then it opened to the community. But yeah. Right. Yeah. So Facebook had a, a long It was a slow um, evolution. burn to yeah. get where it is now. Yeah. Well, and, you know, Zuckerberg paying for that in his own way now. So right. We'll see. we'll see what happens. <laughs> so um, he had logged on to Facebook and noticed that his, like, wall had been tampered with it's now timeline but i still do you remember when it used to be a wall like you you didn't post your own thoughts people just like got on your wall and like Uh said stuff to you yeah and also when is used to be mandatory in your status because now when facebook memories pop up my statuses from a long time ago don't have a verb that's why my mine from 2008 says aaron is sleepy Uh uh-huh 
Yeah, so a lot of mine don't have the is because the is was in there for us. And so it'll just say, like, Paul Randall Adams doing dishes. <laughs> oh, and I miss, like, old school Facebook. It was and much When you put pieces of flair on each other's wall. Yes, and I miss, and you would poke people, remember? Uh-huh. I just miss when it was more exclusive. That's yes. my problem. Mm-hmm. Um, you're an elitist. We get it. I am. And when you give people when you give things to the commoners they ruin it always so um so he called her on it and um they had a big fight and this was the first time like of her tampering with his facebook and this was the first time he'd ever said i never want to see you again it would also be one of the last things he ever says to her because less than two weeks later travis was dead um so coincidentally on may 28th so that happened the last week of may mm-hmm. also the last week of may 2008 a burglary was reported at jody's grandparents house she was living with her grandparents mm-hmm. and among the things that were stolen never recovered were a 20 was a 25 caliber pistol and um that comes in play later because that's the murder we- one of the wor- murder weapons well it's like the post-mortem gunshot right. to the head weapon yeah but she also stole a bunch of money like it was like cash and stuff too that was gone right Right, because yeah. as she, um, so she f- stole a lot of cash, and then, uh, in the next part, she makes an eight hundred dollar deposit between her two bank accounts, which would be unusual for her to have that much money. Um, I want to say like that's sad, but it's also unusual for me to have that much. Oh yeah, me too, girl. That much like leftover. Well, okay, it's not unusual for me to have that much money. It's unusual for, to ha- for me to have like that much free money to transfer around between my accounts because I'm right. busy paying bills. And no, shit. exactly yeah. same. Um, so on June second, two thousand eight, mm-hmm. Jody rented a car. She'd made arrangements to take a road trip to see Ryan Burns, who was the hot guy that she'd met through prepaid legal. Oh, yeah. Um, so she was going up to um, Salt Lake City to see him because they had feelings for each other and they were going to try to make things work. Just be with the hot guy. Just be with the hot guy. Well, this is Girl. the worst fucking cover story I've ever heard. She oh, no. said that she was also making plans to stop along the way and see her ex-boyfriends as she drove north. Friends? Plural? Boyfriends. Boyfriends? Uh-huh. How many ex-boyfriends does she have? She had three serious ones that she wanted to see through the course so of the trip. So were they all just like dotted like along the, the timeline of this trip? She was like, hey, first I'm going to go see Travis and then I'm going to go see Jacob and then I'm going to go see. Yeah. I so, can't think of a third guy's name. Wow, I have problems. So Travis wasn't on the list of people to see because he's oh. further south in Mesa, Arizona. Right. Cause, well, because she's going to murder him. So right. she doesn't need to go see him. Right. Exactly. Yeah, okay. So he's okay. not on the list. She's just going to drive straight up north. And so she stopped to see uh, Daryl, who was the boyfriend that she bought the house with, who'd moved to Monterey. Daryl. That was, I didn't say his name earlier, but that's his name. Daryl. So, <laughs> He is the one with the kid. And so um, she asks him, she said, I need you to ask no questions, but let me borrow two gas cans. And. Well, what she should have said is, I need you to ask me no questions. And also when the police ask you questions, I need you to not answer them. Right? She left that part out. (laughs) Yeah, she did. So. That was a big mistake. So he asked why she needed them. And she made mention of going to Mesa even though that wasn't in her like schedule. So that's where Travis lived. Um, Girl. 
even though she's supposed to be going up to see Ryan in Salt Lake City. So along the trip, she called Travis several times. Um, He didn't answer most of the calls. All of her calls were like 17 seconds or shorter. So it was voicemail. Mm -hmm. Um, That's interesting because, and I'm just hearkening back to like serial when they talk about how long a phone has to ring before it pings off a tower. You can tell that you're calling that phone, but also it's a little bit later. It's 2008. So maybe technology has, you know, changed. Right. Um, so, but they did have an hour long conversation, um, at one point on this trip. So at eight forty two on June 3rd, she turns her cell phone off and it becomes untraceable for over 24 hours. Gee, I wonder where she was. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, she was at the water park. She had to turn it off so she wouldn't ruin it. It was a really long movie. Yeah, it was a really long movie. <laughs> so, um, at eleven forty-five on June fourth, she turned uh-huh. her phone back on, and amazing called Travis, but he didn't answer. So, she... so because that's June fourth at eleven forty-five p.m. He did. Oh, he's dead. Well, because in my notes, he she comes. Oh, okay. Yeah, okay. I'm, yeah. I can't. I don't know how 24 hours works. It's okay. <laughs> I'm good. So. Um, he's dead. So she calls. Oh, he doesn't answer. She calls back shortly after and leaves the following message, oh, which no. this is what needed to be presented for the court to say, like, to just get rid of everything else that she tried to cover up with. Hey, what's going on? It's almost midnight, right about the time you're starting to gear up. Um, my phone died. You're up for what? Don't know. Uh, he was actually supposed to be leaving for Cancun that week. So maybe she's midnight is about the time that I gear down. Right. Way down. Um, my phone died. So I wasn't getting back to anybody. Um, and what else? Oh, and I drove a hundred miles in the wrong direction over a hundred miles. Thank you very much. So yeah. Remember New Mexico? It was a lot like that. I'll tell you about it later. Also, we were talking about when your travels would be up my way. We could go- do Shakespeare, Crater Lake, and the coast if you can make it. If not, we'll just do the coast and Crater Lake. Anyway, let me know and we'll talk to you soon. Bye. Okay, so basically she calls Travis and she's like, Hey, Trav, so I just murdered you. But I just wanted to tell you a funny story about how I was in, you know, California and I drove down to mesa completely by accident and you completely died in the process i don't know what happened i'll tell you about it later bye bye yep which is my thing bitch don't steal that so so she hangs up and then she calls ryan the guy she was supposed to be seeing he's been worried because she was supposed to show up so did she feed him this story too like Uh, oh i accidentally drove to arizona like well she doesn't say arizona but she said, he says he'd been worried because she was supposed to show up at like 8 o'clock the morning of the 4th. And now it's midnight. <sighs> and um, she said her phone died. She didn't have a charger. And she, so she finally found a charger. And that she'd been taking the wrong. She said, I took the wrong freeway. And I was like, okay, I was driving in 2008. I was in college. I was driving a 98 Toyota Corolla. <laughs> it had 150,000 miles on it. We did not have Google Maps. And I never once took the wrong road for 100 fucking miles. Yeah, because that's not a thing that people do. There are signs there on are the interstate. There are signs, yes. Oh, hey. There are signs. That sign says Arizona State Line. Oops, guess I went the wrong way. I'm a whole... 
fucking stayed off. Also, okay. So when I was in high school, my cousin was dating this girl that I'm still friends with. Um, and so she was invited to our Christmas dinner. And she's supposed to be there, I don't know, two. And it comes to be three. And it comes to be four. And she hasn't shown up. And they're in college. And it's it's the late 90s. So people have cell phones. But they're not like real right. popular yet. I mean, they're getting there. Um, she finally calls my cousin. She's on the extreme south side of our town, like in the hood. Oh, no. And she's like crying. She's like, I don't want to get out of the car. Please come get me. So my dad and my cousin like go to get her like because she's my cousin drives and then my dad's going to drive her car while she rides with my cousin like back to my aunt's house. Right. This was like an hour and like 25 miles. That I can understand. Right. Like, I drove nine hours in the wrong direction. I don't know what happened. That's not a thing that happens. Right. You don't know what happened because that's not real. Right. (laughs) So, well, even like, let's say you only went 100 miles in the wrong direction and you were supposed to be in Salt Lake City nine hours ago. 100 miles is two hours if the interstate was 60 miles per hour. Look, I can get to Fredericksburg, which is a, well, no. Fredericksburg is about 75. I can get to Austin, which is about 100 miles away, depending on traffic, on 35 in about an hour. Yeah. And then but you we take, speed down here. So well, you have to. And then you that's, take either that's called the keeping up, up the with down. the flow of traffic. You uh, will get pulled over if you're going under the speed limit and not for speeding. <laughs> so finally, on June 9th, um, Travis's friends start to really get worried. They weren't able to get a hold of him in almost a week now. His roommates had not seen him for several days, but Brightside there for a week. Uh huh. Brightside, everyone was taking care of his dog. They were feeding his dog and letting him. Yay! Out, please so. take care of the dog. Um, that's all I care about. So finally, his friends, like a group of his friends, come over. They find a key to his bedroom, which has been locked, and they entered and found Wait, his bedroom locks. Uh huh. With a key? Yeah, so he rented his house out to several people. And so it was like in college when all of your locks, like doors have different locks. You probably didn't have an apartment like mine. No. Okay. Uh, We had like four bedrooms and everyone was keyed a little differently. So my key couldn't open one of my roommate's bedroom doors. Also, I'm a girl. So we just walked into each other's rooms. Like it didn't matter. Yeah, no. Um, I had awful roommates. You're naked? Too bad. Like, I'm coming in here. I I have stuff that I need. You have my my red shirt, and I want my red shirt. Right. <laughs> um, so they see large pools of blood as they enter this bathroom. I mean, bedroom. Um, and so they find his body in the shower, and that's when they call 911. Um, the 911 call was not heard by the jury. I don't know why. Yeah, that's really interesting. Um. His friends say in the 911 call, because they, they were like, was he, the 911 dispatcher was like, was he suicidal? And they were like, no. And they are like, do you know anybody who'd want to hurt him? And they said, Jody Arias. Like, like immediately. Girl, that doesn't look good for you. Um, um, so that's probably why it wasn't heard by the jury, is because it would be Probably because they named her. Yeah, it's circumstantial. Yeah. Um, and so it's it, like, the, it puts all of the actual physical evidence they have into question. Right. Because if you can, if they can prove that they had a one track mind and they were only going after this girl, she has a better chance of getting off. Right. 
Um, and so even though she murdered him, she did it. She did it. Right. She did it. She actually confesses to doing it, but whatever. That's neither here nor there. Um, they even say this on one call. They're like, why do you think it might be her? And so they're like, he, she's been stalking him. She hacked his Facebook. She slid his tires. Um, so, I mean, they list everything. She cray. (laughs) (laughs) Um, so the police come in and they start their investigation and they find a digital camera that he just bought for his trip to Cancun. Um, I don't know if it was for the trip, but like it was, it was out because he was leaving for Cancun. He was taking one of his friends with him. It was supposed to be Jody, but not she, they broke up. So he called someone else to come with him. Um, don't do that. Yeah. So, um, they find the camera in the washing machine. Um, so they take the SD card and they're actually able to recover the deleted images showing Mm -hmm. Arias and Alexander apparently halfway through. I started using his last name and not his first name. That's fine. Um, Travis in sexually, it's sexually suggestive poses is what it all says. Um, Mm -hmm. and so the pictures were taken around 140 on June 4th. And the final photograph of Travis alive shows him in the shower. It was taken at 530 um, that day. Photos taken moments later show an individual profusely bleeding. Um, It looks like Travis, but you can't see his face, so they can't guarantee. But it was it was fucking Travis. Yeah, Um, it was. So um, a bloody palm print was found on the wall in the bathroom. And it had not just his his DNA, but hers. Yeah. And they do talk about that, but I kind of skipped over it. But So as I mentioned, he did have defensive wounds, so he tried to fight her off. Thank God. And I just wonder, like, how badly she must have incapacitated him with her first, like, couple of stabs because his back was turned. Uh Uh-huh. That he could not fight her off because he was a big guy. Yeah. And that was... And had she, like, done that to his face, like, he would have fought her off. And he would still be alive. And that's so sad. Uh-huh. And yeah, he was a wrestler and he'd like kept his physique up. Um, so he was strong and he was healthy. And Yeah, he was so a big, she... like, I mean, not like a big, in an unhealthy way. Like he was a big guy. Right. Just one of those guys that you're, you can just, and she says like in the trial in the movie, she's like, he came at me like a linebacker, like a linebacker like this. And she kind of like. Which could know. not have happened. It couldn't no, have. Because she stabbed him in the back. Um, so, um, a month later, they arrest her for, um, first degree murder. Mm -hmm. She is, uh, or rather she was indicted a month later. She was arrested on July 15th. Um, on, she was extradited to Arizona and there she pled not guilty. Um, and it was this time. you're guilty. It's this time (laughs) that she starts getting interrogated in the like weirdest fucking interrogation known to mankind. It's like oh, YouTube it. Yeah, if you haven't, if you have not YouTube this, just and I'm sure that there's a clip, like that there's a YouTube video that just has clips of all the weird shit that she there does. Um, but it's like because leaving, she does some bizarro shit while she's being interrogated. It's like leaving a five year old alone with no toys. She's walking yeah. around singing to herself. She does a headstand. Mm-hmm. She's like talking to herself. It is bizarre. And it's, it's really weird and you can just watch and i don't i don't really get it because i don't know and i need to stop talking <laughs> i know that it doesn't mean anything but her mug shot looks like a fucking glamour shot and i have issue with that no in the movie she's like she like fixes her hair and she's like okay and then she's like <laughs> yeah 
no no yeah no and i feel like that probably at least a little bit like the people that were in the jail were kind of playing to her crazy and also maybe were manipulated a little bit by her and felt a little bit sorry for her so they have this like they have this thing where she's imposed for her picture you don't get to pose for your mug shots right that's not a thing. There are that two places do. you can't pose: the DMV and your mugshot. Right? Can I pose for my next driver's license photo? I need to get a new one. So hold up, Jody Ars's mugshot and be like, "This is my inspiration." <laughs> I want to look exactly this deranged. <laughs> so, um, so during the course of this investigation, the time she's arrested, she mm-hmm. changes her story exactly nine million times. She does. Um, she does the first one she settles on is that well the very first thing she says is that she had not even been close to mesa Mm -hmm. she was driving to salt lake city which is why she had the can i mean she thought she was getting but sir i was never there right um so she was like i was nowhere around it and so then they're like um isn't this you in this picture and she's like oh well i might have been there i forgot Silly me. Oh, but in the movie, she's like, oh, that could have been from another time. Are you sure that that was that, that day? Right. There's clearly a yes, time stamp. Yes, bitch, can't, digital cameras have a time stamp. Um, so <laughs> then she says, well, she was there. And after they were through having sex, two intruders broke into their house. It does not say white Americans in my story, but I mean, in my notes, but I'm going to say she said it. I think she did. I feel like I've heard that in like a Dateline or 2020 something. I'm, I actually, I found the um, Truth and Lies murder series on Hulu last night. And I've been waiting to watch it because I've been waiting for us to do this because I didn't want to know everything. Right. So I'm probably going to go watch that after this. So um, she said that they murdered him. They attacked her, but... Um, they decided to let her go. The gun jammed. So, yeah. And so they were just like, oh, we can't kill you now. We have no other way to kill you. So bye. Yeah. We, t- the, the knife, the knife only had 20 stabs in it. And we used them all. <laughs> 27. She stabbed him 27 seven times. times. I just, I don't understand how you stab someone that many times and then claim that it was self def- well, what so- were you, after he died what were you defending yourself right. from so- you slit his throat oh. the self-defense plea oh. didn't- the story is horrible the self-defense plea didn't come for another two years Okay. And so she waits for two years to say oh it was because he was abusing me all the time um so you know and this is where she would use like her his friend's email where she was like you're abusing her right so but um, that's not what she meant no it even says you're not abusing her physically but you know that she takes that but yeah they're going to take that way out of context so um even though she was arrested in 2008 her trial did not start until january of 2013 that's very interesting. I wonder what she did to make that. Because that's a, I mean, it's a it's a defense tactic. And I'm sure that they probably used the fact that this was so highly publicized. Oh, yeah. 
to give everyone a cooling off period. It gives her an out. It gives them an out for having to relocate the trial. So the entire trial was live streamed. I remember calling, calling in. I was, you know, a kid, but I remember staying home sick to watch the OJ Simpson trial. Oh yeah. I would pretend to be sick so I could watch it. And I remember watching the verdict. That's awesome. When I was a kid. Mm -hmm. I, I was still a little young. Like I followed the whole OJ trial, but I was a little young to come up with things like that. Um, I watched that whole thing. I was fascinated by it. I, that was, yeah, that was the case that got me into true crime that and, um, John Ramsey. Well, we can talk about what got me into true crime another time, but that was, yeah, it was integral in my, in my need to know, like to see everything work its way. out. Exactly. Yeah. Um, so the testimony began January 2013. Mm-hmm. Um, the following month, the alleged killer, it says, this is clearly copy and paste. And the, the following month, oh, that came from the biography.com. <laughs> I copy and pasted. Um, so the um, following month, she took the stand in her own defense and mm-hmm. she testified for herself for 18 consecutive days. Was she trying to filibuster? <laughs> Do you ever watch Parks and Rec? <laughs> she is Amy Poehler. Yes. That's what Congress does. That's not what a murder trial does. Right. Um, That's how you keep something open in Congress. Not how you keep something going in a murder trial. But sure, go on and talk about yourself for 18 days. God, those, ju- those poor if you jerks. were on the jury, if you were on the jury, reach out to us because I feel really bad for you. I'd like to buy you that a drink. was horrible. I can't imagine having to listen to Jodi Arias talk about herself for 18 days. <laughs> so, um, this- Like, just kill me now. I don't want to be a part of it. This is when she submits her self-defense plea to the public. She said that he'd frequently abused her and that she'd killed him after he came at her in a fit of rage because she dropped his precious camera. That he just bought. Uh Uh-huh. So (laughs) then she claimed to... Oh, the reason that... uh, Sir, the reason that I said someone broke into the home was actually because I had memory loss because of a traumatic okay. experience from killing my boyfriend. Oh, okay. I have PTSD. That's what she said. And of as course, a person who has suffered from actual PTSD, that's not how that goes. No. But of course, the defense paid a quote expert to corroborate that. Here's my issue. Not only did she make up this story that is completely false and paints him in a terrible light when he was not a terrible person. I mean, he was an asshole, but sure. I mean, what guy is not awful? What guy in his 20s doesn't act like an asshole sometimes? Right. Or Um, most times. Hell. Yeah. But she also, she got a defense attorney. And his team, I mean, I assume she has a team. It's a high profile murder trial. They all agree to take this route. Yeah. That this is the winning strategy. Yep. They have shown all their cards. This is what they got left. So, um, 
So when she's on the stand, she finally says, lying isn't typically something I just do. The lies I've told in this case can be tied directly to either protecting Travis's reputation or my involvement in his death because I was very ashamed. Shut the fuck up. If your shining face was not in my computer right now, I would pick this thing up and throw it against the wall. I cannot fucking believe she said that. Oh, yeah. I hate this girl so much. Okay. So needless to say, in uh, May 8th, 2013, so the case has now gone from January to May, the trial. That poor jury. That poor jury. And they can't even go home and talk to other people about it. Can you imagine being on that jury and not being able to talk to someone about it? Right. Because I would be bursting. I'd be like, and the day after the verdict, I would come home and be like, babe, whatever husband I have, boyfriend, get drink some coffee. We're going to stay up. I'm going to tell you every fucking crazy thing that happened in this Right? <laughs> so... I need about 48 hours of your time. Call in sick to work. <laughs> so they find her guilty. Well, I don't of... ever put me on a jury. Right. So... <laughs> I have jury duty coming up and I'm really pumped. Except I'm too liberal for Louisiana. They won't pick me. Well, I would never get picked for a jury because I've been the victim of a violent crime. And I've known someone that's been murdered. So any kind of uh, assault, any kind of that. And I also know someone who has perpetrated a felony. So that's right. three strikes. I'm out. And I also work in insurance. That's four strikes. I'm way out. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, so the, the jury finds her guilty of first degree murder. Five jurors found, found her guilty of premeditated murder mm-hmm. and seven found her guilty of premeditated and felony murder. Um, so premeditated and felony. Is that what they're looking for for the death penalty? Yes. Okay. So they had so it's seven to five. Yes, but because but they, also you have to unanimous, unanimously vote for the death penalty, and I see why. I right. see why. So they um they at least unanimously voted premeditated murder. So that gave her her life sentence for sure. Um, and I'm not even a hundred percent on board with the death penalty in general, but we can talk about that another time. But right. also, I see the issue. Okay. So they had to have a retrial to um determine her um verdict like her sentence her sentence yeah thank you her and, lifetime sentence uh yeah so they <laughs> uh, very on brand i did it last week it's yours we're now. trying we're trying um so the um she got a retrial in october 2014 mm-hmm. it didn't go in her favor um she wanted a retrial for guilt but i mean it you're guilty sorry about it um you're so guilty this time they wanted to portray her as a vulnerable woman vulnerable i'm from way east texas that's so funny i listened to a podcast about uh the bachelor and one of their t-shirts because the people on the bachelor say vulnerable so much uh-huh. it sounds like vulnerable so they have a t-shirt that says vulnerable <laughs> i'm gonna buy it and give it to you <laughs> yes so vulnerable also ronnie karam if you want to come on this podcast please hit me up so they're trying to portray her as a vulnerable woman um, and that he was emotionally, physically abusive. So in March 2015, she gets her second jury. They're also unable to agree on her sentence. So when they take away the death penalty, um, the judge gets to decide and he gives her life with a possibility of parole after 25 years. You know, I don't think a judge himself could give her the death penalty and stay on 
no the bench no uh, you can't you have to no. have a jury of your peers to do that yeah. uh, he can give life but i wish he'd gotten life without the possibility of parole but also i think that um you know the death penalty is so hotly debated but i will say also and we'll cover this when we cover casey anthony that troll but if they had taken the death penalty off the table that bitch would be in prison oh, right absolutely. now absolutely absolutely um, so in some cases it re- and, and this is this is in the south i mean well not the south technically but it's arizona right yeah so they're a little bit more conservative down there i don't know but i, I think if they had taken the death penalty off the table she would have had life no parole easy absolutely and um, casey anthony real easy life no parole so she started her appeals process almost immediately it's been, as you do it's been bogged down because of transcript errors and omissions mm. um, the court record was finally declared complete in April 2017 so two years after her sentencing okay um, and so they set a deadline for 2018 to mm-hmm. uh, hear her defense to see if they're going to grant the appeal um, and then because of more complications that surfaced in October of 2017 um, because she said in a civil suit that her legal team broke attorney client privileges because he was disclosing her private information in a tell all book. So that pushed her appeals back further because she's opened the civil case now um, that could open. Was he trying to sensationalize this case for his own gain? Right. Mm -hmm. Um, So they have been appealing and appealing. Why did you do that, attorney? They finally said that we would have a determination on the state of her appeal January 4th of 2019. Well, it's January. Uh-huh. They on January 3rd, 12th. on January 3rd they requested an extension. We have no no word on where we are now. So this case is very much active, which I kind of didn't know. I didn't know that they were still I thought that maybe they were still arguing over the sentence. I didn't know that they were still arguing over all of it. I know she has a certain amount of appeals that she can exhaust. Right. This bitch. Oh, I can't. Um, and she, but she, I mean, she did win the America's Got Talent in her prison. Good for her. Good for you. I'll fly away her glory. <laughs> so, um, Aaron, what are we watching next week? Wait, before we go into that. Okay. Did you see any true crime this week that you would like to be um, put into a lifetime or made into a lifetime movie? Oh, yeah. Um, I would like, oh, God. The only lifetime movie I really want to see, the crime that I would love to see because there's no ending, is the yogurt shop murder. Murders. <gasps> yes. That's a good way, you know, and that happened just up the road from me. It was in Austin, Texas. Um, it's a very interesting crime. If you listen, there's a true crime garage. I'm trying to think of who else did one recently. Uh, and that's why we drink just did and it. And that's why we drink just did it. Yeah. It's a very interesting case. True crime. Okay. And that's why we drink. Listen to it like for an overview. If you want to get down into the nitty gritty true crime garage, did I think a two or a three parter on it. And you can find it on Stitcher. It's a really, it's really interesting. There's so many good suspects and, but no good actual like physical evidence. It's I a love, very interesting crime. Mm-hmm. I love the book. Who killed these girls? 
Yes. I have not read that, but I'll put it on my list. Yeah. It's 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 a compelling case. It is. It's and it's one that I think that it, it's one of those that I think they do have DNA. From what I understand, they do have okay. they do have DNA samples, and so I don't know if it would be the killer or somebody else. But it's one of those that I think if they could, like they did with Golden State Killer, and you know these guys that they're uh, April Tinsley, these guys that they're just finding uh-huh. like through their second cousin that uploads their DNA on these stupid genealogy websites, you know, times are changing in true crime. It's very interesting to see what's happening right now. Sarah Mm -hmm. says that she won't ever do those, like spit in a thing and send a genealogy (laughs) because the government will track you. And I'm like, I don't care about the government. We caught the East area rapist. Like, yeah, we caught the golden state killer. We caught um, the killer of April Tinsley. There was another one recently that they caught the guy because like his cousin uploaded the DNA um, onto one of those websites. And it's not the 23andMe and Ancestry that do it. it. There's like a second, you can take your results from 23andMe and upload them on this other website. that's like a public forum right? where you can upload your DNA and you find distant cousins, but also the FBI and the cops are monitoring that site, obviously. Right. Like if you didn't think that, why? <laughs> Because it's one of the first thoughts that I had. Um, what crime would you like to see in a Lifetime movie? Oh, Jamie Kloss. Oh, yeah. Way to be relevant. Yeah. So they found... Okay, so in October, her parents were murdered in, in Wisconsin. Wisconsin, you guys. We talked about this. Happened? We talked about this last week. What is happening up there? But, okay, so her parents were murdered... She was kidnapped without a trace. Um, I think they were closing in. So I don't want to say she just randomly walked out of the woods. I think the, the police were closing in on where she was. She walked out of the woods up to a woman who was walking her dog this week and said, I'm Jamie Kloss. I need help. And I'm really interested to see where this case is going. And I would really like to see it made into a Lifetime movie at some point. I cried when they found her safe. Like when they found her alive. I have to say my um, jaded heart is a little bit torn. I'm very glad she's alive. But as I said, and you've probably read this, as I said in the group, it's odd to me. And I'm not saying that it's not possible because it is. And also the bottom line is she's 13. Right. So if she had any, if this guy knew her, this was not her fault. She's 13 years old. Right. But I find it very hard that he's a 21-year-old guy that just picked up a gun one day and was like, I'm going to yeah. kill these people and kidnap this girl and get away with it for oh, so yeah. long. There's more to it. So I'm very interested to see what happens. I don't know if it was her that knew him, someone in her family. I think someone had a connection There's to him. There's a connection. Yeah. So, um, But I'm very interested to see what happens. Yeah. But he could have, after all this played out, snapped and killed her. Oh, definitely. that is why I was relieved. Oh, it's amazing that she's alive. And I really did not think that she was. So I'm very glad that she is. And right. no matter and no matter what happened, she has a long road to recover. Right. She doesn't have a she does not have parents to go home to, which no matter what has to be horrible. Yeah. So I'm but I'm very interested to see what happens with the case. Especially like little bits are coming out and they're like, Oh, you know, she was the only target. He didn't mean to kill the parents. And I'm like, how? I, 
but we'll see. We'll see. We'll put that on on ice. <laughs> so next week, I think I said it on the top, but I will. I will repeat it again. Um, we're watching the Grim Sleeper. I'm so excited. Which, as I said earlier, I don't know anything about this case. Well, the good news is there's not a book that I have to read for it that my library has access to. And I love you, but I'm not buying a whole book for one episode. No, that's fine. Um, I'm excited. I just, I don't know anything about this. And I, I'm sure I've heard it mentioned. On, I'm sure I listen you have. To, I've listened to enough podcasts and watch enough true crime. I watch enough Dateline for, you know, five or six people <laughs> to live their life through. But I'm very interested. So IMDb says... Um, After a string of murders in the 1980s, the violence seemed to end, but almost 14 years later, another murder spree begins, Yep. leading um, the reporter to dub the killer the Grim Sleeper. The reporter turned amateur detective notices similarities between the cases and sets out to break the story of her career, researching evidence and interviewing witnesses for clues to the killer's identity, while police leave detectives... Police and lead detectives kept the community in the dark about a potential serial killer on the loose. Um, The reporter contacts the victim's families to offer them the the truth about what may have happened to their daughters, sisters, wives, and mothers. Yep. When the only survivor comes forward to tell her side of the story, pieces, and then it cuts off. So unfold, probably. Come together. Come together. Sure. It doesn't say. Right. Like it just like dot, dot, dot. That's funny. Um, yeah, no, it's a good case. I think you'll find it very interesting. It, I, I'm excited. I love anything with investigative journalism. Yeah, I I do too. I really like it. Um, and I'm, I promise I won't like overdo my notes next week. Good. <laughs> this movie was just so much. Yes. I need you to watch it because so you can see how much I left out. All right, there was a lot. We'll do. <laughs> Um, Um, yeah do you know where they can find us on social media okay so we're at lifetime sentence on instagram at life sentence pod on twitter yes yep and you can email us at lifetime sentence podcast at gmail.com and you can find show notes for every episode at lifetime sentence pod.com excellent we did it i i promise I probably will not start using the Twitter until I live tweet the Gypsy Rose Blanchard movie, which is in two weeks. Not that I'm counting. Um, Sarah has agreed to come and do a little bit about. That's going to be so much fun. I I love having Dr. Sarah around. She's the best. So we will look forward to having a little bit like a little blurb about Munchausen's by proxy. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. All right. Have a good night. You too. This was a lot of fun. It was. I can't wait to hear it. (laughs) Bye. We hope you enjoyed that second listen. And as always, don't forget to eat your vegetables and charge your phones. Bye. Bye.